What's wrong, Annie? I killed them. I killed them all. They're dead. Every single one of them. And not just the men, but the women and the children, too. They're like animals, and I slaughtered them like animals. I hate them. Hello and welcome to episode 91 of do you expect us to talk? I'm your host Becca and always joined by fellow Jedi Knights Chris, Dave and Charlie from Movie Drone. How are you guys doing? I have a bad feeling about this. Me too. <laughs> Good evening, folks. Don't you just hate sand? Gets, it gets everywhere. everywhere. <laughs> it's rough and it's coarse. And it gets, it gets in your fange. Yeah, not, but having said that, women love a bit of sand banter. They tend to wear quite revealing outfits afterwards. Yeah, and I pop off with them. Yeah. Once I've softened them up with a bit of sand banter. Yeah, if you really want to seduce an elderly, uh, like not an elderly, but an, an older an woman. Elderly? <laughs> what but, the how old is she meant to be? An elderly woman. Yes, but you know, if you want to. <laughs> 19 at the time of filming, way too old for Chris. So much for Chris's date, um, fruit corner. We've got Chris's dating tips. I don't add fruit corner this week. What, what I was going to say, oh yeah, if you want to um, seduce a lady, um, just talk about sand. Does the trick. Mm. And stare at her really creepily. I'd kill whole races of people as well. <laughs> <laughs> because you'll realise that, you know, it's, it's, it's human. Yes, and... Uh, Your love is real. Also, uh, go on um, rants about how if you ruled the world, like, no bad things would ever happen, ever. I think a nice speech in favour of dictatorship in front of a log fire <laughs> works well. How should be all-powerful. Yeah. yeah. whining about how it's not fair. I think anyone listening tonight is just going to be irresistible to the gender of their choice at the end of their listening to this because <laughs> we've got so many we can tell you how love is formed <laughs> good dialogue's important we'll get back to that obviously once upon a time in a galaxy far far away this was how to do romance romance has since changed it's so out of um, it's so out of keeping with the original trilogy now the original trilogy did have you know, it's clunky dialogue here and there, but 
maybe it was better actors. I don't know. For for whatever reason, the dynamic of Han and Leia is is just miles above this. Um, this is the worst Star Wars film in my view. I don't think it's it's even particularly close. I've got a few more positive things to say than I thought I would have to say, and we'll get to them. Largely from a comment uh, from a conversation Charlie was having on Twitter last night, I think, where okay. someone said someone said about it being an attractive film, which Charlie just diplomatically clicked like on and had nothing more to do with. But actually, I thought, well, if, if somebody is pushed to say that as a comment, then I must consider that. And actually, the bits of the film that are really ugly are slightly fewer than I thought. And there are a few sequences that maybe look a bit better than I thought, held back by the technical standards of the time. But we've got a clear lead in this film who is appallingly unlikable, not even in an anti-hero sense. He's just a whiny little brat. Having heard... um, Obi-Wan Kenobi in the original 1977 film talk about what a good friend he was. We see that they don't really like each other except for a, a sort of bit Moment of force in banter in an elevator. Yeah. yeah. With um, the worst, one of the worst two bits. Ewan McGregor's quite good in this film, but there's two bits in this film where I just almost laughed out loud at how bad he was. And one was the little chuckle in the lift. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and, and the other one is he went completely the other way. Um, which was sort of Harry Enfield doing Tony Blair, I think, uh, at a certain voice. Or Tommy Warner. It was a little bit like that. Enough chit chat, Anakin. Enough chit chat, um, was, was that the bit in the, the speed chase? Yes, well, like, completely the other way. And he made like a judo the, chop motion as he did. So. I, I was going to say, I was going to uh, mention this when we were talking about the film uh, sequentially. But ah, well, that... let's, let's say no more about it. Till okay. Around. Okay. Um, Ewan McGregor's a lot better this week, uh, mainly because he's given more to do. Um, there are a couple of bits that really are clunky, but then for the most part, he's, he's really pretty good. Um, it was on this viewing, I, I, I have been reminded, yes, Christopher Lee is a Sith apprentice because he's got the name Darth Tyrannus. Um, so, yeah, it, it's, but it's, it's awful. It, it's overstuffed. It's ridiculously digital. Its action sequences are horrendous and look really cartoony. Um, and it shows up in places what a terrible director uh, that George Lucas could be at times for all his considerable pluses as a creator. Um, as I say, we've got the stiffest, and not in the fun, hey, let's experiment way, um, love story you'll ever see. It, it's just horrendous dialogue all the way through from two people who are probably i would gather at this point in their lives probably had never been in love themselves so they brought no real life experience to it and also they have zero chemistry and the film is at once empty and completely overstuffed and i can't really address that till we go through it it's another one that feels like an enormous amount of busy work to get us to next week um so there's loads happening but i'm really not sure that there's really much point to it as we get towards the end um, and watching it with the commentary I wish I had a pound for every time the the, uh, the commentators because it was like a group one uh, how many times the commentators said the word computer they're still back in the era where they're just so excited they can do this stuff in a computer 
and it's just overkill. So for me, were a Star Trek film of the series, a Star Trek film of the series. Would be, <laughs> oh, really? Probably, I'm uh, surprised. Yeah, it's crap as a Star Trek film, in my opinion. But <laughs> worse, worse well, worse didn't see Enterprise once. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think it's still I think it's still a better Star Trek film than Into Darkness. Uh, that's a real tough one, but yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> slip of the tongue aside, it's also the worst Star Wars film in my view. Just a quickly asked question: Would does Christopher Lee or Carol Dooku, <laughs> stupid name by the way, um, <laughs> what why why does it mean he's a princess? Because he's got a Darth name. Because there are only two. And Darth is a Sith name. There's always a master and an apprentice. He he is um, Sidious's apprentice in this film. Okay, okay. People who know more than me can argue. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna fight that. That's right. right. That has to be right. And I think we'd forgotten about that last week because he's always referred to as Dooku. The Darth Tyrannus thing is kind of almost tangential. Mm. I I, I, I just thought they were like. Both in the market because you know because like, like, <laughs> <Market. laughs> like he, had, he had he had more like so had more he, he's been killed and I, I I imagine Christopher Lee was like was a, was around like sort of planning stuff bef- around then anyway so I just anyway yeah I don't know but um, but not, not to be honest not like it actually matters because not nothing else really well, he was already a count. But he fully upgraded to Sith and removed the O. <laughs> <laughs> you do that generally when you become a Sith. Yeah. Just swap the letters around and. Yes. Uh, considering it's like two and a bit hours long, it's, it's very busy. A lot happens, but yeah, I, I agree with you, David. It's a lot of busy work just to get us to to the bridge, essentially bridging the gap next week. Um, this, I. I Whoever, Charlie, whoever said to you this film looks attractive, I must say the only attractive thing is probably Hayden Christensen's face, even though he only has one facial expression. He has a little bit of eye candy. Um, but apart from that, it's he also obviously... Really creepy stalkerish. No, like, it just looks I, I cute. Glances at Padme. Um, <laughs> it's like Keanu Reeves, I don't know. He's just wooden, but... but Keanu Reeves is an outstanding physical actor. Yes. <laughs> but has a mono face. I was going to say, if they give him no dialogue, he's, he's uh, that he's great. Yeah, he's amazing. Just when he talks, I think probably this and Die Another Day were like the two worst films of two thousand and two of that year. Um, they tried to pack a lot in, but it still really sags in places. CGI too obvious. Um, even Yoda, who's like first, you know, he's entirely made up of CG this time around. Uh, really obvious. Just looks cartoonish and very silly. Um, Incredibly clunky dialogue. <coughs> um, romance scenes, not romantic. Lighting is terrible as well. Lighting, obviously, technology has come a long way in the years since, but lighting just looks terrible in this film. Um, although I do remember the going to see this at the cinema and then being amazed by the Dooku versus Yoda fight and thinking, who knew Yoda could move like that? Um, and just generally being gobsmacked. Um, but now, kind of thinking, actually, it's quite heavy handed. And again, it's like last week, um, or not sorry, the week. Where are we? Yeah, last week. Um, it's a bit too much choreography. Um, yeah, generally a low point in the series. Um, I kind of went back and forth. I kind of watched it with a bit more of an open mind to trying to find positive things about it. Um, all the, the obvious stuff is right. I mean, the uh, first, first of all, being he's painted himself in a corner completely with Phantom Menace. So that was already a massive step 
um, to uh, to having to rush everything in this film. Um, yeah, the dialogue is clunky. The love story is ridiculous. The direction is just non-existent. I think that's the thing, is that like yeah, like was with the original trilogy, and um, you see a lot of films already. There's some films where they have terrible dialogue, but you can get through it with the actors if you've got a good enough director. And he obviously just wasn't interested in here. I think with all the the CGI, he was obviously again. This is obviously kind of like tech demo stuff for him um, and kind of pushing the envelope a bit more. Um, having said that, I really enjoyed parts of it. Um, I thought Ewan McGregor was really good. Um, I really enjoyed his whole detective kind of storyline thing um, and kind of like the, the stuff bringing about the war and all that kind of thing um, kind of seemed a bit more interesting, I guess, because there was no tax involved this time. Uh, it was just like Base Brexit, really, um, <laughs> and uh, and I honestly think some a lot of it looks absolutely beautiful. Yes, it's got a digital sheen to it. Yes, it's got it's very much dictated by what the technology was available at the time. Um, I, but, I think there's a couple of bits of this film, and I don't mean scenes. I mean a couple of settings, if you like, that are really nice. Hmm. Well, George did kind of some fan service for this one um, with Django Fett and Boba Fett and things like that. And um, I think tried to kind of make it more appealing in in lieu of what happened with the uh, the reaction to the Phantom Menace. It's almost as if another part of them went, fuck it, I'm going to give them pure George Lucas. And while that certainly comes out in the dialogue and all that, and it's terrible... There's so much imagination in this film and it reminds me of the kind of paintings you saw on science fiction novels from like the 60s and 70s. Just all completely crazy, crazy stuff. Half of it probably influenced by drugs. Um, <laughs> and George that, Lucas and his fucking Benelin. <laughs> um, and, uh, and yeah, so I really kind of got down with, with that aspect of it. Um, so yeah, I, I kind of was able to enjoy it on a much, on kind of like in a different way than I did before. Um, when, when I, uh, when I didn't like it before. So, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. certainly, certainly on the approach to Coruscant and anything Coruscant in the sky, I quite like mm-hmm. anything Coruscant at ground level. I don't cause it's basically Blade Runner. Um, but anything, anything from the sky, I was thinking, what am I seeing here? What am I being responding to? Is it, is it, is it steampunk? And I'm thinking, no, it's not quite steampunk. And I'm thinking, some of these buildings are a bit Fleischer era Superman. Um, yeah, I, th- I think there's, there's a point you made last week pretty heavily about um, the Phantom Menace being kind of like the last one that uh, felt like Star Wars or looked like Star Wars. Yeah. And thinking about it now, I think that's intentional. And I think that perhaps that was... The reintroduction, maybe? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the, the phasing in, in from the original Star Wars and then opening it up to this. So in other words, The Phantom Menace is another film I can force a link to Goldeneye with. Cool. The Phantom Menace <laughs> is like Goldeneye, he says. 
Everything revolves around Goldeneye. Yeah. And also the bit when they uh, hide when they jump out <laughs> through the vent as well. There are bits in this film that are a lot more attractive. Like I say, I, I've I've always focused on this film as its worst, and actually that is most of the film. It's not very good, but certainly I think the Jedi archives look lovely, um, very painterly, um, and I, I think actually that might be an artistic choice. I think even with the better CG we have now, you might actually retain that painterly quality. Yeah, yeah. So fun fact about them coming up at the end of the show. All right, absolutely cool. Um, Chris, um, well, I think at the, I think at this day, I remember going to see this uh, at the cinema. Uh, just just finished uh, just finished uh, college and going in. Well, I dragged my mum to go and see it. Cause I think it was like I was, I was late going to see. It. I think it was like going to stop uh, stop the showings like a week or so afterwards. And I was like, also, this, I was like really sort of excited for it. Uh, because obviously I, I really enjoyed Phantom Menace. I was thinking, right, we're going to get this like really sort of cool style. I think everyone's kind of giddy about it as well because it got five stars in Empire, and you know. And I think I think a lot of that stuff is generally the excitement of seeing like like like, like lots of lightsaber fights and seeing the, the big battle at the end, Yoda, Yoda commanding the stormtroopers and seeing Yoda fight, all that kind of stuff. I think a lot of people thought, like, oh my god, this is amazing. Uh, but I. I had a, a feeling what while watching it, I got about half an hour into it, and I just remember thinking, why am I bored? I'm just really bored. And, I've, and I kind of felt like that every single time I've watched this film. Um, so I'll, I'll start by saying, you know, the good things. I mean, I'm kind of, I'm, my opinion is basically what everyone else just said, really. Um, I did find things I actually liked this viewing, uh, mostly in its... Design. Uh, I, I like the the concept of of how F, uh, how the, the the world it builds. You know, I think one of the things um, Lucas is really good at is that. Uh, and I also found some of the imagery, uh, like if you could take certain stills um, off some of the shots, they look really great. Even just like a shot of like Anakin just sort of stood with his legs apart, like with hands behind his back. <laughs> <laughs> but no, the, 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 there is a shot where we're like looking at out from balcony. Like no one yeah, else yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It actually looks very striking with um, Vader's breathing over it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, there was a bit where I thought actually that's a really, really kind of prominent moment was the bit when they're going into the. Um, it's not like it's like the gladiator stadium thing. We're like uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't like that. Kind of but just, I do at least like the organic nature of it. Yeah, I mean, forget forget all the, the how the love story is composed. It's all just shit. But in terms of the image of them going into the arena with them kind of like leaning into one another is very, very. That's a very good uh, shot. And I think so. Things like that was like, oh my god, that, re- that was like really striking. It's like, god, you know, I was like thinking, oh, it's a shame that the the script and the the, the the love story isn't earned and and, and all this crap you know uh, otherwise this would be great I mean I think on, in broad strokes if you if we sat down with George Lucas before this came out and said right George what's going to be in episode two and he said well you know this this is going to happen and then that, that and, and then this this will lead to this and ultimately I know a big battle in the gladiator stadium and be like my my god this sounds absolutely awesome I cannot wait to see this uh, but the problem is everything else is just really really crap. Um, like I, 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 I think I, I think the key moment for me was like half an hour in watching that speed chase, 
watching, uh, you know, Anakin like sort of uh, give chase with with, with Obi Wan to the um, to the. I was just... bored stiff during that. Well, that that's just it. I kind of like looking at the looking at the design stuff, thinking, oh wow, this looks really really good. Like sort of look at all this world building, look at the production, look at the, the design, look at the ideas behind it. And I suddenly remembered, why aren't I fucking engaged with the story? <laughs> I just I just thought, found myself like shit. This well, is the characters don't inhabit. The, the, the actors don't inhabit their characters, and it isn't the character. No. It isn't the actors' fault. By and large, it's people stood around just spewing lines at each other. And it, you know, and, and it's, it's about, very difficult to engage with that. And it's about any thought of anything. It's like you know, it's like you said. It's like oh, he was a dear friend. They show none of this. It, none of this is thought out well through. Like, like, like the, the, the romance with Anakin and Panime is paramount to anything. That's probably one of the most important things you nail in this film. You have to, you know, instill like a, a true... Ro- uh, true. Sorry to <laughs> quote a film you don't like, Dave. But you have to introduce like... Uh, a, a, you need a, a Christian a, Slater in this film. <laughs> you, need, you need to instill like a strong, believable love story that's kind of like very sort of like sweet. Uh, it's not there. It's not earned. And also, I, and I think well, I'll, I'll probably... We'll get into this more as we talk about the film, but there's, I think Lucas kind of just forgot the tragic element of Anakin. Like you know, you remember the first Star Wars, and you know, see see Luke. He's very sort of. You think how can this guy be like the spawn of like the the most the evilest dude in the galaxy? And now 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 and Anakin's story is meant to sort of like parallel that, and. All the whole time, he's like, "How can he not turn into a massive fucking evil bastard?" Like, yeah, you know, the, it, it completely loses the tragedy of his fall. You know, with this film should basically be like, "Yes, he's a bit hot-headed. Yes, he's kind of like he, he doesn't really follow the rules, but deep down, he's a really good guy and a really good Jedi, and and his heart's always in the right place. And we should we should believe and feel that." So when he falls, ultimately, in the next week, and in the next episode, uh, it we should feel that a lot more. But here, we're just like, Luke's just gone, right, no. Um, we should almost be begging towards the screen to be wrong, that there is going to be some last-minute bait-and-switch, yeah. and it isn't quite as we knew it. Yeah. I think the other two things that just occurred to me, um, w- watching it today... One I'm sort of articulating in my mind now, but one I, I thought of earlier is, I, I think this is an obvious thing to say with so much CG in it, but I don't even think this would be a remotely ugly film if it had been made 10 years after it was. Mm. All of the problems with this, I mean, I hate everything Geonosis. That horrible red sky all looks like a cartoon. The clone troopers aren't rendered properly, and they throw a bit of dirt on them to try to make them look real, but they just look like dirtier sprites. Um... <laughs> I don't like any of that, but there's enough attractiveness in the design and enough nods to the things that um, Lucas is into as well. I mean, you think there's a 50s-style diner in it. Uh, you think of something like uh, American well, Which Graffiti. got me thinking, how the hell is this existing? Like, where do they get what? the idea to do American design diner? Well, it isn't, is it? It's in just a galaxy far, far it's away. Like, it's like a long, their language is coincidentally identical to English, even though it's written version isn't. Um, the speeders, the speeder cars look a little bit like 50s influenced. Mm. Um, but there is, the digital stuff in it looks horrible and very, very dated. 
And so it ruins the look of the film, and it could have been so much better. But on the Anakin thing, um, another thing that I, I often think about is is the example of when you watch an Incredible Hulk film or the TV series, any incarnation of the Incredible Hulk, that it, it done properly, it it gets you to root against what you really want, which is we want to see the Hulk, right? Mm. But done right, and and whatever you think of the Ed Norton version of the film which in some respects was a lot less interesting than the Ang Lee film. But that first sequence where he was sort of chased back into his factory and he changed in there. As a viewer, I was desperate for him not to change, even though we want to see the Hulk. And I thought the film had really succeeded in that way. And I think the same is true here. We want to see Vader, but done properly, we should be desperate for him not to become Vader. Where he's such, he's such a little asshole that I'm just like, I'll fucking get on with it. It's like, well, we've got to show like how this guy could become Vader. When it's like, we actually know you, you need to kind of like make it more tragic. We should, yes, yes, give us reasons why, but it, we need to kind of like root, root for him not to be, uh, even though we know the outcome. And, and just a word on the acting of Hayden before we get scene to scene where he's really fucking bad. Um, one of the worst things they did is like almost a mirror of what they did with Wonder Woman, that to kind of explain away Gal Gadot's or Gal Gadot, I never know the pronunciation of that. Gal, um, yeah, it's Gal Gadot, yeah. It is Gal Gadot, isn't it? I've always called her Gal Gadot. Yeah, but um, she, she, um, well. she has an unusual way, it's the accent, it's where she's from. Yeah. But she, she has a, a non-Western way of delivering the English language, because A, it's not a first language, and also just the, the, the cadence is completely different. So what they did was have everyone on her home island speak the same way. So Robin, so it it doesn't stand out. It's just the way Themyscira uh, women speak. Uh, in this film, they've decided bizarrely to give Hayden the same Chris, the same cadence as James Earl Jones, and it doesn't work. It 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 makes bad dialogue and poor acting look even worse. And it was one of the worst decisions for hamstringing this film. For all we talk about the digital effects and everything else, one of the worst things is. Hayden trying to stretch out sentences to sound like James Earl Jones. It's a mistake. I've never noticed that. I've re- I, I generally have never noticed that. I never thought of it. Um, I'd, I'd always thought his performance was very stilted, and I never really uh, blamed Hayden Christian for how bad he is in, in this because I, I just no, think you can't blame him. You yeah, I just him, think really. you know. No. With the direction and the script, and if you are micromanaging his every delivery and, and every yeah. movement, mm. it's going to come off bad. Yeah, and and that's just it. Um, it yeah, there's no way to play it really. But the way to actors are there to do what the director wants. <laughs> exactly. But um, yeah, but just to say, yeah, I, I think you're right. With uh, Ewan McGregor, he does carry this film. Um, he's, uh, he's easily the best thing in it. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's like last week with Neil Neeson. He just carries the film, and I think he does it next week as well. Um, just a quick note on the end, last half, 30 minutes of the film. Uh, it struck me out of this viewing that the, the final 30 minutes are absolutely pointless. Nothing actually happens that actually matters to the story at all. Dooku gets away. That's it. Oh, and Anakin gets his arm cut off, which has no impact on the rest of the story at all. So, actually, there's enough. Everything else that happens is just fan service, kind of like, oh, we'll just give you like a spectacle. It's very fan service. Uh, yeah, there's lots of foreshadowings and references and callbacks to previous Star Wars films. Well, it is. It's probably it's, the most fan service of the lot. 
it's all Palpatine's plot, though. That's that's the whole point of it. That it's in the background. He's while well, it's supposed to be, and Anakin. He's like the puppet master, stuff. isn't he? Sort of pulling the Palpatine strings. Palpatine is doing that, and this is how he was able to get the Empire up like that because he was mm-hmm. able to manipulate um, it all to uh, to get his claims. And his old, old, I love the Republic, I love democracy rubbish. It's just a front for him <laughs> to uh, to be able to have emergency powers and get all his things. So, and that's kind of so when when they say at the end and he goes victory, not victory. Um, that's the whole thing. Is is yeah, the, the the war is happening and everything is going as he's planned. As yeah, it's all, it's all by his design, isn't it? Really, I get that, yeah. but. That's already happened you know, with the first, with the, with the final 20 minutes. He's, you know, he's, everything's already happened going, going towards his plan. Nothing has even altered that. Uh, and, and more importantly, nothing's even happened for the, the main characters. You think back to Empire, you know, when Luke fights Vader. I mean, you know, yes, he gets his arm cut off, but, you know, his whole worldview is completely changed after that. You know, after that revelation, that that changed something. We, as always, learn something that actually changes, that affects uh, the story. Whereas here, you don't get anything that really matters. Uh, I just found it actually quite redundant for well, it's, it's, the final act to not have anything in it. <laughs> well, I think because it was already done earlier with his mum. I guess so, but that's not the point I'm making. I mean, the point. No, I understand it, but I, I, it, it. We can talk about kind of comparing it to the end of Empire, but he's obviously gone with with a different kind of tone to that, and I, I don't. I, I actually think I can see what he's trying to do, and I think had he been able to shoot action better, a CG been an awful lot more advanced and had the general standard of acting and dialogue been in this film the whole idea of finally seeing all the Jedi arrive and go at it in an mm. arena isn't on paper a bad one but there are a load of silly jokes in it as usual it, it does look like a load of green screen uh, blue screen and green screen which it is um, and it, the end result is not wildly impressive and I lose touch with it so quickly because I just don't like the aesthetic everything Geonosis I don't like the look of but I think it's been a bit it's a bit fluffed in execution but I can at least see what they were trying to do Oh yeah. and I think the, the idea of something needs to overcome Padme's professionalism because she's sort of giving into it but she actually says to him she eventually settles on no um, and it's only when their lives are absolutely in danger that she says, well, you know, the attitude then becomes we, we could die any minute. I do love you. Yeah. As a, on, on, in theory, that's not bad. It's just the execution's quite cringe-making in places. That and the fact that they actually lack any chemistry, as we've mentioned before. Yeah. I don't think they're even allowed to. <laughs> I don't think it was possible to make chemistry. <laughs> yeah. Shall we discuss this shit? Ah, uh, it's filmed. <laughs> <laughs> Sequentially. We can all do Commodian size together. Look, we're going to be try to be balanced about this like we are about everything. Charlie's watched it with a bit more of a sort of um, positive slant. I've tried to, um, not entirely successfully, but not every scene is an ugly train wreck like maybe I might have thought in my head. 
yeah, I mean, even I appreciate like the, the visual aspects of this, definitely. Um, but they are affected by the technology of the time. I think hopefully that by now you can realise that we are talking about episode two. <laughs> oh, shit, we haven't even done that, but have we? Before we discuss this film sequentially, <laughs> tell us who's in this. <laughs> I mean, we've pretty much gone through it, haven't we? I think we don't really need to do it. <laughs> All right, fair enough. So directed by George Lucas, Stone, Hen, Chris and Hugh McGregor, not Everybody. Uh, and also Rose Byrne Sakura and Joel Edgerton before uh, they were very famous. Rose Byrne is in it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, very yeah, cameo role. role. Yeah. For about a minute. Chris yeah, Lee. Blink, blink and you uh, And the one, uh, and the one who played—I'd be—you uh, know—we all age, but if if that was um, if that was the Aunt Baru I married, <laughs> I'd be really disappointed by episode four. <laughs> <laughs> She's about 12, she's quite young. 19 years and she goes from youngish, admittedly, but like really kind of pretty to... To uh, not very. To not very. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, love. What's in the but court this time, young, Charlie? Well, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of stuff about Count Dooku and Separatists <laughs> and things like that. Um, so the usual exciting, inclusive stuff. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's all like Senate kind of stuff. And Not tax this time. Oh, he, he does blah, blah, talk blah. about she's traveling to because Padme yeah. is going to the to Coruscant to vote on giving the Chancellor emergency powers. Yeah, so she's a senator now. Which, oh, yeah, this oh, gets explained a bit stupid later. Queen bollocks. Where no, because she says, oh, it's about oh yeah, they wanted me to elect. They wanted to elect me for Queen for Life. It's like, you don't elect a Queen. What are you talking about? Well, even if that was a language thing and you say, well, they elect a head of state and they just call them a Queen it's with just... all the pomps and circumstances, would anyone elect a 14 year old? <laughs> would they appoint <have laughs> senators? And also, would um, would Anakin uh, and her have a really fucking stiffed expository conversation about it? I heard they said they tried to get you to stay on, but you did. But and you mm. did well. I didn't want to be queen anymore, but I decided this. That's excellent. <laughs> exactly how it went. Okay. Um, yeah. I I think that the first these first moments. First of all, it's it's a bit odd that, the, that it goes up. Pans up instead of down. Yeah, yeah that's a bit weird. Um, I mean, there's any, I think that and Rogue One was the other film in which that happens. Well, there was no crawl in Rogue One. No, right. no, but again, it's just obvious because typically the camera goes down. Yeah, um, uh, but the, the kind of opening sequence with all the the clouds or the fog, I think, is quite beautiful. And uh, um, the the film I thought of came after this, but I thought of Sky Captain and the World mm, of Tomorrow. That's a very pretty film. Mm. Um, it it's got a fakery to it which is, I'm pretty sure, the level of technology. But the craft, the design of the craft, the way the clouds are, and the bits of the buildings we see, which kind of evoked a bit of Fleischer to me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I thought it looked great. I have to say that having... And it was literally a tweet saying, this is a beautiful film. Okay, well, I've got my doubts, but let's watch that with an open mind. And sure enough, the opening scene's kind of attractive. And it's quite a moody... It's quite a moody shot of Coruscant as well. Absolutely. Yeah, be, have you ever seen a film called Things to Come? No. It's from the 1930s, based on H.G. Wells' novel, and, and kind of, yeah, it reminded me of, it reminded me of that, and kind of like, certainly the ship design as well, where it's very much, again, kind of harking back to an older generation. You must check that out. Um, and, yeah, and it's great. But, again, it's then 
as soon as they land, it's so rushed. <laughs> it gets out and it's like, I was wrong. There was no danger at all. I, I failed you by being dead. Killed, which is I, my I, I, so I, I thought that as well. I thought, how have you failed? You did exactly what you're supposed to do. This film has no way of... Because there's so much packed into it, because he fucked up last time by setting it... <laughs> By setting it ten years previous, by having a whole third of the prequels being in a throwaway chapter ten years before, yeah, exactly. Then it feels like every scene in this film is just one. You can feel it rush through, yeah. and there's there's no there's no breathing in it. Um, again, this, this scene, everything's like goes really really quickly in this in this opening scene. But it isn't um, just that they're rushing, Charlie, because. This bit is really rushed. I totally agree with you. And wouldn't as but fuck. they but they rushed through this with no sense of foreboding. Yeah. In order to get to an over elongated office chat. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, well, if you split the time a bit more equitably, you yeah. could have had a really tense, beautiful scene there, and then cut to a little bit of exposition quickly. Yeah, I think this one thing I noticed today was that even. The first person to speak, the guy, whoever he is, Abdallah's guards or whatever. Yeah. Again, is someone Not really quashy. No. No. Um, it's really, really wooden again and badly directed. And it's like Senator will make our final approach to Coruscant, and it's just like you're immediately setting the first line of this film. Just. Um, That's where I have problems with with this in in expressing a view on lucas because on the one hand i think his quality control is obviously really high because even though some of the effects don't look great there is an extra i once saw talking about yoda's line and he he put the animator through hell trying to get that exactly as he wanted Mm. it so there's no doubt he's very very micromanagey but at the same time the, the, the line readings he's willing to accept annoy me because I just go, oh, that's really lazy. But I don't think it's lazy at all. I think it's just what George sees. Yeah. Oh, well, you know, that, that got across what he needed to get across good enough. I get the impression, yeah, they did, set, they did several readings and he's just he's gone for what to us might seem like the most boring ones. But to him, that was like, oh, that hits the mark. That's the tone I want to create. I'll have that one. But then obviously yeah, I mean, it's like we are approaching, you know, in a monotone voice. Like, oh. What? Yeah, I mean, he, he talks about these films being silent movies and whatever, and they would be. This one would be a thousand times better if it was a silent movie. Put it on mute. <laughs> or not, yeah. not mute. So no. when it gets to the but, romance scene, it's just Anakin making like an O with his thumb before, <laughs> and then <laughs> 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 giving a thumbs yeah, up. <laughs> okay, so this. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Uh, so then we see digital Yoda. And Jimmy Smits. Hey. <laughs> I like a bit of digital Yoda in this movie. <clears throat> I thought Jimmy Smits was really good casting, actually. Mm, um, so he's, he's actually cool. And this is... cause they were going to have someone else in the in Phantom Menace. They cast someone else. Right. Um, and then he didn't appear. They cut him out for whatever reason. And then luckily were able to recast. And uh, it's nice, A, because he's a person of colour. And... Um, B because uh yeah he's a good he's a good sort of reliable actor. Well, he spent most of his careers playing when he was younger he played lawyers and cops, mm. and now he's get getting older he plays like senators and presidents. 
Yeah. It's quite appropriate casting. And he also, he, he, like uh, Disney as well, well, not only that, the actor's about six foot four. Mm, he's yeah. very imposing. But he's got quite a soft voice, not a high voice, a soft voice. So he's at once. Um, He's, um, he's, he's, at once, <laughs> he's at once got a protective ear to him, but he's also kind of comforting as well. Yeah, yeah. So you can imagine role, him really. as a foster parent. You can. Yeah, yeah definitely. He's perfect, he's perfect in the role, definitely. I just, I just buy him as like a politician, you know, as a kind of like someone who would be in that um, that role. You know, he can kind of like, oh, okay, someone who's like, he looks like he's in charge or something. Yeah, he looks kind you of You like, trust him in that position. I mean, not trust him, but just someone looks like in charge or authoritative. I think someone you can you can already see has principles. Mm, definitely, he, he always has that look about him and that, that his body language as well. That he's quite a principled person. Yeah, I mean, in the, uh, uh, it was only it was it would have been uh, not that you know three or four years after this he was um, the replacement. He, he basically succeeded uh, President Bartlett in the West Wing. He becomes the next president. Mm. Um, yeah, uh, what did you think of Digital Yoda? I, see, I've never had a problem with this, but I think half the reason I've never had a problem with it is a they put a bit more time to it than a lot of the other digital effects in the film, so he's better rendered than a lot of the other stuff in the film. But I think also the puppet in the theatrical release of Episode One was so bad. No, yeah, it, yeah it's kind of digitally. Um, you can see more aspects to like his face and features and to his clothes that you never noticed before. Um, because it is so CGI, so much so it's in your face, um, it does kind of make this, the, I'm calling me Muppet Yoda, <laughs> Puppet Yoda stand out more for being slightly poor. Um, I just, I, I, I really struggled with CGI Yoda, I really, really did. Um, just looks very, to the point of almost being cartoonish, um, sort of reminding me a little bit of like animated series. I mean, I still, you know, I enjoyed the, um, the book, improved motion aspects of it but just like the way he looks is very cartoonish um struggle to take him seriously i feel really bad saying that but it was just too too much cgi for my liking sadly i think it's a dialogue for me i think that's just you know i think i can get by it if the dialogue was like just felt more organic and and, and had almost better written um it, it you know it it just feels like so lame and ill thought through because every time he's like talk, he's talking in in yo in that yoda way but it's really really well ill thought out and repetitive at times it's just like oh for god's sake it's just you know it, it just clumps along and it doesn't suit yoda that well you know my recollection is he is vastly improved next week yeah i, th- I think i thought sure. it great and again it's it's with the, uh, the, the yeah, certainly the limitations of the technology. Um, I didn't think he kind of stood up, particularly because just because of the uh, the kind of very kind of heightened sensibility of the uh, the look of the film, anyway. Mm. Um, and he and he's better than most of the other digital stuff in this film. He is. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, he would be. Where, where are you going to put your man hours? Yeah, I thought um, he was. I thought it was good because he could actually provide emotion. I, I saw emotion in his face, yeah. and I felt that, and uh, so that for me was. Uh, I've never had the good. same problems with it, but there's no doubt there's a couple of scenes in episode three, particularly where you go, "Oh, that's a vast improvement." The way they've been yeah. able to oh, light yeah. him there, absolutely. So, but uh, this this is fine. I, I didn't have a massive problem with it. My only problems are, are the problems of consistency. But I think if you yeah. stuck a puppet in the middle of all this CG, it would look really weird. 
Yeah. I've seen as everything else is CGI anyway. That's what I mean. It would look really <laughs> odd to just have life ha- have a relatively expressionless, as good a job as Frank Oz did. You can't animate the eyes when it's a puppet in the yeah. same way. He would, he would literally turn into Jim Henson, Star Wars, and be. <laughs> I know. Crackle rock. Um, I don't want to knock the puppet. I love the puppet, but it would look a bit odd here. Mm. Uh, uh, but a lot of my. I was happy for the change only <laughs> because them continuing would have meant using the puppet from last time. <laughs> and the episode one puppet is awful. Yes. It doesn't even look like Yoda. It looks like a homemade equivalent. Yeah. Somebody's had a go at recreating Yoda and they've thrown a lot of money, time and effort to it, but it isn't the real thing. Um, but yeah, the, the whole point of this scene is the Chancellor's still in power after 10 years. Now, Americans, Americans, and this is an American film, are big on their term limits. So it's already, what's he still doing there? Mm. Um, and they put Padme, because she's just survived in an assassination attempt, she's put under the two Jedi, not literally under the two Jedi, that would be wrong. But she's been... Um, <laughs> I'm sure Anakin would like that. Well, yeah. Mm. Uh, well, yeah. This film is full of absolutely batshit dumb um, decision-making. But at this point, with Obi-Wan there as well, that kind of makes sense. She's put under, she's put under a couple of Jedi protectors. Yeah, I thought it was. I mean, I thought the politics were kind of a, a fairly more interesting in this one, and also um, the kind of you see the, the Jedi being a, a lot more arrogant. Um, I mean, they talk about Anakin being arrogant, but when you've got Mace Windu and what's his name, Kiadi Mundi, at the beginning talking about Count Dooku, saying he was a Jedi, he can't assassinate anyone; it's not in his character. Yeah, you, and think you can see what a load of rubbish. I I I read that on the fact that they they just. Don't know. I mean, I like what what Dooku's turn though. Come on, that 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 hasn't happened, you know. In, in, in that kind of like, oh come on, I, I I know I know Dooku. That 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 you know that that's not possible. Um, there is an awful lot about the Jedi in this film that are just not isn't well thought through at all. Well, yeah, they just come across the, as really dumb, really, and really kind well, of like. As we get into it, the implications of the lifestyle and the way they live and act yeah. are, are dodgy. We'll get to it. Yeah, I mean, I I really like the um, the the kind of the next couple of scenes. Um, I think because Becca, I mean, when Becca said about the lighting, I kind of I, I disagree quite heavily, especially in in these kind of scenes because it, it's all kind of. Oh, I think the cor- the coruscant lighting is quite painterly. The, yeah, the because uh, um, you get through the whole horrible scene with Jar Jar. And then Anakin. Yeah, Coruscant looks lovely. Absolutely lovely. It's very atmospheric. Atmospheric. And also in this film, there is quite a lot of atmosphere. But I just mean kind of later on when you get to like the example, the um, the arena scene. And also during the um, during the speed chase I, as well. I think you're talking about poor CG, really. Mm. That's I generally what I mean. I mean otherwise, CG, despite yeah. this, you know, it's quite as I say. I kind of I take back my comments a bit earlier about being unattractive. Um, I think a lot of this film it is fairly unattractive mm. but the, the, I don't, I don't it's not think completely ugly but there is a lot of art and a lot of as I say like painterly scenes I do like for example the um, the I was going to say the love scenes um, I can't think what it's called the, the lake house for example is obviously uh, yeah. Como, lake Como, you know yeah. it, it, Italian lakes obviously I think of Casino Royale but it's very very beautiful and I do love some of the map paintings used throughout this entire series um, so so gorgeous but just for me, it just the CGI is so much in your face, and it does, for me personally, detract from from the beautiful look of this film. Um, 
I just I, I really struggle I agree. with it in general, but I, I say, agree it's just that I just one particular scene that I have problems with. Yeah, but, but there's other, a higher number of, of attractive scenes than we thought there were. Hmm. That's all. Yeah, I mean, I mean, what what I was kind of getting at is, um, yes, I do interrupt you. <laughs> sorry, no, that's all right. So you have the scene where Anakin and uh, and Obi Wan are chatting, and it's it's kind of low level light, and then it kind of flips between that and um, and Padme's bedroom, um, which is kind of illuminated by R two and his scanner, but also just kind of like the vague light from outside. Um, which I thought was really nice, low-level light, and I, I really, I, I really liked the way as well. It kind of the dialogue continued while going while looking at her in her bedroom. So, and it had all the stuff about Anakin kind of going on about Obi Wan, and everyone was going on about not the politics, not again, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And it kind of that kind of reminded me a bit of when he talks about. Obi Wan Anakin following him on some damn full idealistic crusade, um, which is certainly not followed up on really. But, but... it's just it's just that the dialogue must look oh, alright yeah. written down. I mean, it's where he says, "I, ha- <laughs> I have observed." It starts with a sentence without. We're going to get more of that later. <laughs> okay, um, yeah. I mean, it's pretty bad. And the other yeah. thing is, um, the, the other thing is, we start running into just these bizarre bits of logic. So one of the best bounty hunters around hires another bounty hunter, which <laughs> and that bounty hunter cuts a hole in a window in in order to uh, put in some poisonous things. And you think, just fucking shoot her! Hey, is she a bounty hunter or is she an assassin? She's well, well, does it matter? Well, no, you're right. I mean, yeah, but. Also, it makes a really, really, really stupid mistake, um, which is the same thing a lot of people make, um, which is particularly kind of bugging me because I collect spiders. Um, <coughs> is that there's, there's a bit again, stupid bit was take these; they're very poisonous, um, which is a terrible scene in itself. But also, um, it should be venomous, not poisonous, because um, if something bites you and uh, it injects venom into you, that means they're venomous. But if you eat something and get sick from that, that means that it's poisonous. Thank you. That's very important. I think that's just maybe... Very, it really pisses um, me off. Especially yeah. when some, someone gets a wound from somewhere, sees a spider somewhere, gets infected and said, oh, this false widow bit me, and there's the big headline newspapers on... The scum and all this shit saying, oh, poisonous spider kit. So, no, you set me right, it's venomous. Yeah, actually, it's venomous. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah no, exactly. I, I agree, so. Charlie, I agree. Yeah, it's a bit of yeah. inconsiderate on behalf of the screenwriters there. Get it right, get your facts right. Yes. Yeah, but there, there's no quality control in any of this. It's all written by one guy anyway. <laughs> oh, yeah. There, there's no process here, there's no studio to go through it and stuff. It's just, there you go. I wanted to yeah, say they that. Thought, our people won't know what the difference is between venomous and poisonous. But um, none of this makes any sense at all. You, you put in these two poisonous things that look awful as a CG effect to slowly edge over towards a killer when you could have just fucking shot her quite easily, presumably. Um, and then Obi-Wan goes diving out the window, which made, I just didn't get at all. Um, and it launches into this long, long action sequence that just goes on forever. And I, was, I just remember being sat in the cinema watching this and thinking... I I should be enjoying this, but it's really really boring. Yeah, that's 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 just my feeling as well. Is like you, you think you look at it on paper, you think like 
this is kind of like really cool. It was like, I mean, it, it is the one that looks kind of like Blade Runner. So you've kind of got like the uh, the private eye kind of blind, so sort of like creeping through with the the, the putting in like cutting out up the window and, and the the slugs and think well and you go okay this 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 looks like kind of really cool you know straight to like a chasing robot jumping through the window hanging on this glider thing whatever and it's like sort of really fast pacing this should be amazing and it just isn't it just feels such a drag to watch it seems to go on forever as well yeah I, i like it when he jumps through the window i think that's really fun yeah and uh and I, it kind of makes me think that that that, that should that's what the film should have more of just kind of crazy stuff like that but then and and that's why it stands out to us charlie because it is so yeah in in theory that's the, that's the thing with a lot of these things is in theory it should be really good and like him doing that and then anakin chasing after him and that kind of thing but it's just yeah the the editing is particularly is, is sluggish very sluggish and it just yeah it all feels very artificial and again the commentary was full of and that's a digital anakin and that's a digital this mm. and it's like well we you know they're, we've their reflexes are such that they're never in any danger they can dive out of anything and they'll land safely um there's no danger with any of this um and and, and then when they land in what's meant to be like a cantina type sequence Firstly, the shapeshifter in a natural format is a terrible digital effect. But also, it, it looks really Blade Runner, which doesn't feel very Star Wars to me. And I just don't like any of this very much. I, I think that the key for what I think is, like, this is going to be showcasing Anakin and Obi-Wan. Because for the majority of the film, they're, they're separated. So, you, you ideally, you want to get that core sense of, like, of teamwork like master and apprentice and friendship as well do you think that'll be like the, the, the key thing but half the time they're bickering i mean like it's like it's like what you said in that poor line delivery like you know like literally oh like oberon you mcgregor's got his arms crossed like act, acting like he's like the the nagging white husband who's, who's got them lost it's like well i told you to turn that way you know it's like well you, you got it you know it's just like fuck's sake the camaraderie between like, them is there really and i, and I think George Lucas thinking like, yeah, this is really funny. This, and, you know, and I'm like thinking, no, this is fucking awful. This- it was like yeah. last week there, there was there was like chemistry between um, Qui Gon and everyone last week. You did kind of feel they were master and apprentice. So there, there was definitely there was that um, sense of dread there when Qui Gon, you know, was killed. Um, but like here, you, you didn't get that at all. I mean, obviously, they, you know, the two go their separate ways, um, as, as we know. Um, but yeah, but you don't. You don't really get that, like when when I can whines later on about how like he's you know he thinks he's so much more powerful, he thinks he's ready for these tests that he has to take, and how everyone doesn't think he's ready. It's like you don't that doesn't really come through just because he just spends a lot of time whining, and I don't really feel there's that sense of chemistry, like a friendship or even kind of you know master um, apprentice relationship between them at all. I'm sorry, but no. Maybe maybe I watched it wrong. I don't know. <laughs> Can you watch it, Rob? Why are you looking at the TV set? <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking the other way. <laughs> you aren't like early Only Fools and Horses trying to get Dukes <laughs> of Hazard on the microwave. Do <laughs> <laughs> it on the radio. Well, the thing is, they just have such a negative relationship, and it, it, it again it adds to the thing that I was saying before. Like this is meant to be a tragedy, and you're not building up as a tragedy. It's, it's already. Inevitable now. It's all right. Okay. You're already a bit like, oh, get this dysfunctional load of bollocks over, over yeah. and done with. Yeah, no. Because you get no, you you get no, 
impression that either of them really enjoy the life either, really. You know, some of the more extreme stunts during the chase he seemed to kind of enjoy. But it just seems like a massive burden on Anakin. He's not enjoying it. No, I mean, I think there's a, there's a thread. Sorry to cut you off. I just had a thought. There's a bit of a thread running through this about how the Jedi, obviously, they were meant to keep you know keep peace and keep order, and how the Jedi are kind of slowly on the on the downfall. Um, that that might have something to do with it. I don't know. Obviously, because like, they don't they don't spot they didn't realise Dooku, um, and that, you know the whole thing about yeah Dooku 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 don't know the legend that is Christopher Lee. Um, yeah, it could just be that generally the, the Jedi's are on the slide at, at this stage in the narrative. Well, that maybe the, has something to do with it. The Jedi in, in all three of them are wank. Just the whole idea of it and the whole concept of it. I'm glad I'm not the only one. It's, 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 so, it's so fucking dogmatic and so organised. Um, and the, the fact that all the Jedi are just hanging around on this one planet around the Jedi Council all the time. Um they didn't do a lot. They it kind of, kind of it, it makes yeah, it makes no sense. It's too, it's just too organised. Um, I actually it, find this fundamentally quite worrying the way the Je- the Jedi are presented in this because yeah, we see them being trained as very very young children, and you think okay, well a, a force sensitive baby or child of whatever age, bearing in mind Anakin was considered getting on the old side are for effectively taken into this life, trained by Yoda for a certain time, then apprenticed to somebody, and it's basically a loveless, emotionless, attachmentless existence. Yeah, and they've yeah. basically be, been born into it. So effectively, it's they're, they're, firstly, there's a, there seems to be an element of a lack of choice there. But also on top of that... Um, Having made that decision, they then they then are out to be diplomats. Well, if you wanted someone to commit complete any kind of diplomacy, part of diplomacy is understanding the points of view of the people you're do, uh, looking for a diplomatic solution with, which means life experience. And if they're not allowed to fall in love, uh, form attachments with anyone, live in any respect a normal life, yeah, how are they going to they're going to be shite diplomats. It's the fact that they're just monks, and there's there's the point that Padme makes when when Anakin and, and her go off on that on that ship. And it's just like about the oh yeah the Jedi not being able, not being able to do the things you want or. Um, it's going to be quite a celibate lifestyle as well, I imagine. Yes, it's just sort of like well, yeah, absolutely. That's that's, that's the whole point. Is that yeah? I say um, like monks basically. I mean, I, I get the idea that they're, they're kind of like peacekeepers, so they're meant to be kind of like impartial, kind of... But they're not, really. Well, yeah, I mean, they're, they're not portrayed like, that way. No. You've, you've got Samuel L. Jackson at the beginning saying, we're keepers of the peace, not soldiers. And then He's really wasted got, in this role. I mean, it's great that he joined the franchise, but it's just so wasted. And, and, then, and then you've got him... He spends most of the film stroking his chin. Sorry, Joe. Big fucking general... Um, fighting everyone and leading an army of Jedi along with an a, army of clones. Contradict yourself. Where did this change? And the whole thing, really, and, and again, this is down to the whole thing of attachment and all this thing and, and letting go and this kind of thing, where you see Anakin's point, certainly next week as well, you see Anakin's point of view a lot more because of what the Jedi are like in this, 
And when you look in the original trilogy, and the whole point of that Down to Return of the Jedi is that Luke never let go of his father, never let his love for his father and his wish for his father to be redeemed. And yeah, not more than not, and then let's fuck off and do something else. Yeah, never let was he never let that um, get in the way. Yeah, um, I, even, I, even, even when Obi Wan was there saying it's a lost cause. I mean, fundamentally, I remember there was uh, something. I don't think it's in the extras as such, but I've read it in interviews and stuff. Pro- most likely, it would have been an interview with somebody like Rick McCallum. It was quite funny in his way. And they were talking about the attachment things, and he and someone said, "What? No sex or celibate or something like that?" And he went, "Oh no, George is quite clear. They can have sex." And I'm thinking, "Well, th- th- there's a code to live by. You can casually fuck people as long as you don't care." <laughs> Think it through, George. Makes sense. You know, you can you can do one or the other. You can't do both. But oh, I mean, yeah. it's it, it's fundamentally almost it's child cruelty. They're being yeah. forced into a lifestyle under which they have no choice, and they, there's no levity. Uh, George' ideas, uh, George's idea of levity is like last week, Jabba, uh, not Jabba, Jar Jar stepping into it. <coughs> this week, it's the running joke of people losing their lightsabers. That that's George's like, isn't that funny? But in terms of the normal levity of everyday conversations, apart from the awkward chuckle in the lift, they're all so damn fucking serious with each it's other all the time. Isn't it? There's very... nothing about the Jedi life cycle, uh, apart, lifestyle, sorry, apart from the robes being fairly cool and the lightsabers being cool. There's nothing about the lifestyle that would appeal. I, I must admit, I do like the aspect of him constantly losing his lightsaber. Only in the fact that cause he's, it implies that he's young and a bit kind of haphazard. Uh, it's just a thing. But I, but the way it's handled with the dialogue yeah, but and George everything else. That's hilarious. On on the on the commentary, he's going, <laughs> and then they all start losing their lightsabers, and then you hear him go. <laughs> 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 and George thinks that's top comedy. <laughs> it's not George. It's not. <laughs> I mean, you could say in terms of like how the Jedi and how they implement. Um, maybe even Anakin's decision to turn to the dark side and say, well, if you guys are just going to be a bunch of dicks, I might as well just fuck off and join the dark side. Uh, it's probably, it might be a valid point. Luke has probably thought of that. I mean, it, 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 you could you could hold the candle to religions themselves anyway when they hold themselves to these kind of things. They do sort of fall victim to be hypocrites. Uh, well, I mean, it's, it's actually in the event poor yeah. writing. But well, actually, yeah. it's it's a normal. It's actually quite a logical outcome of a life of no attachments that you end up with no empathy. Because next week you've got Anakin clearly terrified about losing it, potentially losing his wife, trying to talk to Yoda, and Yoda <laughs> going, "Miss them not, mourn them not." And you think, well, you know, the, the Jedi deserve everything they fucking get here. Yeah, I. It, it is. It, it it is kind of. It's more a case of like. They're just written to make just completely stupid decisions, like completely just avoid of anything. Uh, well, that's I, the problem. I, they all have to be dickheads to make the plot work. In fact, we're getting to that because this shapeshifter dies, so they now want to get Padme off planet. She wants to go back home, and they assign the the fucking horny teenager to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, talk about being non-biased. Thing like they 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 have like how many governors, how many Jedi. Like actual, not not like a non, non apprentice as well. 
you, you can just say, or oh, we'll summon them to protect you. Firstly, either get a Jedi Knight or get somebody either female or of a different sexual orientation. Don't, yeah. don't send a horny teenager, teenager who's been going on about dreaming about this woman. Oh yeah, but if, but if he's really wanting to have like his own mission to complete his training, well, to finish himself off. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> was there was there much fit with was Palpatine Palpatine's influence there at all? I thought that was I thought that was more next week. I know there's yeah. Next, and then next week. He, Next week, he's continually saying things like, oh, I, yeah. I, I'd question their wisdom if they didn't assign you to this task. He, he, yeah. he, he did influence the Jedi to assign uh, Obi-Wan, meaning yes, Anakin yeah. would be there to protect Padme initially. I'm not sure about them splitting up, but... Hey, in terms of seeing every possible outcome, are we sure he's not like Blofeld Inspector? Probably <laughs> <laughs> not, not yet. Probably he probably engineered a game of cards and everything. Are you, are you saying he might be the evil emperor at the end of this? Yeah, come on, that's a bit obvious. <laughs> you don't say. I must say, like, I, 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 do, I do like um, with um, makeup in this. So he's starting to look a little bit more like pale and decrepit. Um, so you can kind of slowly see no, sliding staging. towards. I think his what? Yeah, towards cool. um. So just, mm, yeah, yeah, no, I, I, yeah. I, I think his his story is probably the most interesting in the trilogy, really. Mm, no, definitely. It's, you can see how he's you know doing all the machinations and, and pulling the strings behind oh. the behind the um behind the scenes there. But I've also got a fun fact about him. Well, about uh, Palpatine later on in the show. Okay. Well, it's, not, it's not really um, fun, but it's a fact, <laughs> as you'll see. Yeah. So yeah, not only do they send the horny teenager to guard the hot young queen or senator, <laughs> but they, they they also go back to Naboo, which happens to be Lake Como, one of the most romantic places on earth. It looks beautiful. Shame the dialogue isn't. I was so bored, I was immediately transported. Oh, Casino Royale. Yeah, at the same mm. time, Obi Wan goes to see um goes to the fifties diner, doesn't he, to yeah. find out where that diner yeah. killed Zam came from. That's really that's quite a cool scene. I do like that diner. It is like um, yeah, like the fifties kind of like capsule. It's in some big giant metal trailer, um, which is very. I've cool, never. Well, as tough as I am on this film, this is one of the scenes that gets ridiculed. As does um, whatever the character's called. I've completely blanked on his name. Dexter. Um, Dexter, Dexter. That's it. Dexter. Dexter. Um, but I never really had a problem with this scene. Not to be confused right. with Dexter Fletcher. The only, the only bit is the CG's not ready for um, no. physical. Um, when they hug each other, that looks awful. Yeah, it's like the meeting well, between Solo that, okay. and, and Jabba, really, isn't it? Like when he but, kind of walks up and steps yeah. on his tail. I guess yeah, the the, the the one the one thing that I really come away from this scene is, which is, I guess, a good thing really, is wondering how that what their relationship came from. Um, do you know? I think of him a bit like. It's, you get it parodied in the Police Squad TV series. Oh, what the informer kind of. The guy who cleans the shoes? Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's what Dexter is. Uh, watch Police Squad listeners if you haven't seen it. It was basically the TV series about six years before The Naked Gun. Got yeah. cancelled after about oh, six so episodes. It's really, really funny. It's basically an extra Naked Gun, really. Yeah, it is, pretty much. And it's a similar sort of stand. <laughs> yeah, it's a different guy playing Nordberg, a white guy. Yeah. Um, but, <laughs> yeah. Really yeah. Cool. Um, I guess it was the hug, but then he, uh, <laughs> again, he the Jedi librarian, um, the most arrogant person in the history of the world. It's just everywhere you go, 
right? Any time anyone talks to a Jedi or anyone attached to the Jedi, they're cold, distant, and not overly friendly. Who'd want to be part of this lifestyle? Well, he goes looking for... He's told to go looking for a planet, isn't he? Yeah. Um, and he finds in the Jedi archives the planet's not there. Yeah, it was erased from the archive memory. Don't they have passwords? Don't they have tracking software? It's like literally someone tore the pages out of a book. Yeah. And so he goes in to see Yoda. Now, the thing is, right, if I wanted a chat to Yoda about this quite scary plot, I'm not yeah. sure I'd do it in front of a group of four-year-olds, <laughs> particularly as those four-year-olds then fucking completely show me up. Inappropriate. Inappropriate. It's quite a beautiful scene, though, where it's all surrounding them, the, the yeah. staff here. Yeah, it's quite nice, yeah. You mean younglings? Younglings. I don't mind that, though. I like it's got its own terminology for certain things. No, that's yeah. quite interesting. I think it kind of adds more weight to the whole thing. Yeah, I've, I've, got, I've, got, I've really never had a problem with them called, being called younglings. It is a bit strange, but that's what they're called. So so the planet is there. It's been hidden. Because, <clears throat> as the child points out, while they're doing the stiffest um, <laughs> lightsaber practice in the world, the kids <laughs> are basically moving the lightsaber like two inches to the left, then two inches to the right, then two inches to the left, then two inches to the right. I, I like that they're not, human, they're not all human. That's quite good. That's cool. I like that. Yeah, um, I like the idea. I like the idea that if this is the world, Yoda like gets the young kids like for a little while. They do some of the basic stuff that like we saw Luke doing when he was years older. But um, yeah, so it turns out that's Camino, isn't it? Isn't yeah. it? Yes. Now Camino, we, we've cross cut between Camino and Naboo, so yeah. we do a bit of both. Firstly, Camino was an effect that I actually thought looked quite impressive at the time. Now it just I, now I just feel sorry for you and McGregor. Oh, he's just getting soaked all the time. Well, not only that, he's just surrounded by nothing the whole time he's there. And it, he looks, it makes <laughs> him look less like Jesus. Jesus didn't get caught in many downpours. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Again, it's one of those things where you wish the, the CGI was a bit more up to it. Or, yes. Yeah, because I love, the, again, I love the, the idea of it and I like the idea of it, you know, and it's, it, you know, if a real attempt to go it's at creatures that couldn't be somebody in a suit, yeah. just by the shape of them. Yeah, they've got yeah, they're quite a real interesting, aren't they? It's like sort of grey aliens. Yeah. But, I mean, there, there were a few things about this scene. Firstly, I've heard it mentioned on other podcasts that Sifo Dias was actually a misprint that George now has to live with because it was meant to be Sido Dias, so it's yeah. meant to be Sidious. Mm. Yeah. Um, but no, so they've made some shit up because George never admits to making a mistake. Secondly, we see Boba Fett here. And I've got a real problem with it because it's a moppet little fucking kid again, which really bothers me. <laughs> oh, but he's but so cute. He's fucking not. <laughs> There's nothing cute about this miserable little sod. Because the he problem doesn't is... He does learn a trick or two, though, to... But know, George, to Luke, George Lucas just accepts any take a child gives him. Because he opens the door. Is your father here? Yep. Can we come in? Yeah. Yeah. And that's it. And I just think I, that you've just accepted that. That's just lazy. I know he's a kid. I'm not going to blame the kid. The worst line is next week. But it's just it, it makes a film that all these people have put so many hours and so much work and so much money to and so much invention to ends up making it look lazy. Because you think, well, if you yeah. accept that, you don't fucking care, do you? So what difference would it make if this actually was Boba Fett anyway? What, you mean Boba Fett 
maybe was a creature that aged a bit slower, and this was Boba Fett. Well, you wouldn't know anyway because he's always wearing a helmet. Yeah, especially in the original trilogy, but here. All right, but he's he's still at his peak like twenty plus years earlier. Yeah, just or just like a young guy, you know. I wouldn't have given a shit either way, because I've never wanked off about Boba Fett anyway. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't really get the appeal, to be honest with you. And that's not to say there shouldn't be an appeal or people can't like him. That's that's great. But I've never seen it, and so this whole di- idea of look where he came from is just the sort of shit I don't want anyway. I think that was kind of a late decision, but yeah, yeah. The idea of the clones, the, the speeding up was to make sure that they could have got there within ten years. But I don't care about any of this. Do you? Does anyone care about any of this? Nope. Um. I, I, again, I like the, the kind of concept of it, and I like the way it looks. Um, the kind of oh, I like re- the idea of Camino as a planet and the creature. Oh yeah, yeah, but the the, the, the kind of um, the way um, the kind of all the test tubes and stuff that's quite creepy, um, interestingly creepy. Um, I quite what's, like. The- what's interesting about it is the fact that there's nothing completely, there's nothing at all creepy about the creatures, but what they're doing is creepy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, I think I think the scene with him and uh, and Django Fett um, again let down by stilted dialogue by Timur Morrison, um, who is otherwise a decent actor. Um, but uh, I, I, I quite like a just the kind of vague dialogue that they're both given, especially since they both know why they're talking to each other, and also kind of Obi Wan shifting eyes towards his. Uh, Conveniently left over, left open cupboard. Yes, with the um, uh, which with, is with left the, the slightly ambiguous, but his head is definitely still facing that way when yeah. the kid when uh, Django gets out the way. Yeah, and but, then uh, it's back to Naboo and it's well. I, I was actually wondering how they're getting on with the sand. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm, not, I'm not a fan myself. You yes, think he'd be like... used to it though, wouldn't you? And not changing her outfit every scene again. The other thing is, she, she doesn't wear some amazing clothes. In she wears film. something vaguely see-through and a bit sexy. <gasps> yeah, when he starts stroking her back. I know. And then they have a bit of a snog, and then she's not happy. And then she thinks, right, I've got to tamp damp this down. So she thinks, I've got to tamp down his enthusiasm. So I'm going to wear something vaguely S and M to dinner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, they go for a picnic. <laughs> Oh, well, right. well, oh, yeah. well, he sort of goes on like a he hops on like for a ride of some random creature for no reason. Oh, that looks awful. That looks awful. If you can't do it, just don't do it. See, uh, he cuts straight to that. It goes from one scene and straight to that, and you think, why? Why are you doing this? Just so he can be like, and it's just like it's just like I shouldn't have done that. Should we go for a romantic picnic by the water? <laughs> and then she's going like, well, no, I still don't want to encourage him, so I'm going to put on something S and M. You know what? The, the scene that gets me and the scene that goes like, I, I just blows my mind, and now George thought it was okay or acceptable was the fact that when they had that sort of moment where he says, I'm, I'm all grown up, you said Joe says so yourself. And she sort of like, she says, don't look, at, don't look at me like that. It makes me uncomfortable. And then she walks away and he gives her the most creepiest look in the world. It's the, it's the most malevolent, sort of sinister kind of like... <laughs> and George Lucas is a student of film, you know what I mean? Even if you took all common sense out of it, you'd think, okay, George, what's that shot there for? 
Because it's a change of camera as well. They had to set that up. It wasn't just the camera panned round. It's a cut to him stood like that. So what was his direction? Okay, Hayden, can you look like you want a fucking raper? <laughs> That's basically what it looks like. You know? I know. And, it, and, and, and I think George in his head thinking like, he's thinking, she is interested in me. <laughs> yeah, I know. No, whereas actually it just looks like he's either going to rape her or have a bit of a danger wank later. <laughs> it's dodgy. Yeah. But yeah, the, the scenes on the planet... She, she goes from dressing sexily and warning him off to dressing sexily and having, and having a picnic and warning him off to having a romantic dinner and warning him off to having, to having a nice sit by the fire and having romantic conversation, then warning him off. This is fucking mental. And, and throughout the entire like parts of this, there was no actual reason you were given... Why Padme would actually fall for him? Would go like, oh, this is the guy who—he's my soulmate. In reality, when, when they're having that exciting dinner of a single pair, we'll come back to that, Chris, because I'm sure you'll have some thoughts. <laughs> um, right. Um, so after they're having that exciting dinner of a single pair, and he says Obi Wan would be very grumpy if I saw. <laughs> I think now what I would do if someone said to words you know saucy words like grumpy to me I'd immediately go and sh- change into something that shows a bit of flesh so yeah that, that stupid effect with the pear as well the pear looks awful and I kind of they, they didn't quite animate it right she doesn't quite bite it right either no, so it does look a bit plastic. Uh, do we cut to the scene by the fire next? Which has the worst dialogue in the film. Is, is this bit where, where uh, Anakin trips up and the hand goes in the fire? And, you've done and it turns out he's Superman <laughs> yeah. and then they go and eat some flowers at the fortress. Because <laughs> you're in my very soul. No, this is, you're in my very soul. I am haunted <laughs> by the kiss you should never have given me. That's... That's just um, a bad Google Translate. But the worst bit is where he goes, I wish I could wish my feelings away. That's like, hang on. <laughs> really? I think we knew what he's trying to say, but he just can't express it properly. And then, it, and then she says, because this is how I get let down by a woman. She always says to me, if you follow your thoughts through to conclusion. <laughs> right. <laughs> In reality, she should have just said, like, oh, oh, Anakin, you're such a good friend. <laughs> That's basically what she well, said. Well, they through to conclusion, Anakin. <laughs> you will end up coming on my breasts. <laughs> this is really shit. But they're wildly in love at this point, and he's like, I'm haunted, and please tell me. And it's just it's just a bit creepy, because ever since, like, the idea that they haven't seen each other since episode one as well. I know. And he's basically been jerking off about her ever since he was able to. And then and then we get the um Do we get the wanking over his mother's next, Charlie? <laughs> scene you keep referring to. Um yeah, yeah. They've it's it's they've actually changed it now. Um I was quite surprised um they've added um sounds of her being in distress and calling his name. 
Yes. Um, to obviously play down the fact that it looks like he's having a wank. He's <laughs> <laughs> casting his hand. His chest is heaving. He's a little bit out of breath and sweaty. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. It's How old against... is he at this point, anyway? 19. Is he 19? Yeah, well, it's 10 years on from the last film, so he's about 19. Yeah. It's kind of, again, lack of care from George. It's like, oh, this hasn't got any CGI in, so I'm not going to worry about this. Well, he got the point across. He's having a nightmare. Yes. Yeah. Except a dirty folk like Charlie Brigden who thought he was having a wank. <laughs> um, and then that goes to the, the scene Chris was talking about where he's standing on the balcony. Heroically. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to look heroic. It's my mother. <coughs> Whoa! Unaccustomed as I am to speaking in public. Sorry. Is <laughs> 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 that, that a Blackadder reference? Where? Yes. Yeah. Black <laughs> 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 uh, and he needs to. So he needs. He needs to head back to um, Tatooine. Yeah. Which is another section of the film I actually think looks quite nice. Yes. Um, I noticed that today. There's, there's a bit more colour in Tatooine. I, mean, I certainly think when they remaster this and give it a bit of an HDR uh, remaster, the, uh, Tatooine will look really nice. Yeah. Um, the, the night bit where he's on his speeder bike doesn't look as good. That looks a bit fakey in video game. But certainly they arrive in beautiful sunshine and it, it actually quite lo- looks quite nice. Yeah. I, I mean... I really like the um, the shot with the Jawas, with the uh, the two sound crawlers, and he's, he's by there, and it's kind of it's based on some old Ralph McQuarrie um, pictures. Oh yeah, well. sorry, yeah, yeah, where he's asking yeah. around, yeah, 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 which is uh, a, a beautiful shot. Um, but yeah, I mean, and he goes in and, theory, the two male leads of the film are each undergoing their own investigation, but it doesn't actually kind of. Parallel as well as it yeah, um, um, and he meets his stepdad, Cleglars. Yeah, um, it was. Mm-hmm. It's almost like they were. It's almost like they were cast, recasting Uncle Owen for the. Do you know what? The, it yeah. Could, yeah, definitely. There's a resemblance. Yeah, you can see the resemblance there. Definitely, the casting's really good. Um, I always like uh, George. You know? I think always think it feels. I always think he's. Um, one of his actors who always gets overlooked, like, all the time. I don't think I saw him again until The Thing remake. No, this I, is one of those roles, obviously, he'd been acting on Australian TV and in films and everything. But this is, like, before yeah. he was famous over here. It's a, sh- it's a shame that they didn't follow it out logically and actually make him Anakin's brother mm. and then maybe have some more interaction mm. between And them. the ageing's a problem as well, because this is about... I think this is about three years before the yeah. And that's about 19 years before the original trilogy. So yeah. he's only like... Tw- those two are 22 years younger than this the people we saw in the first real. film who looked about 60. So, but there you go. You just let it go, yeah. I suppose. I do, it's nice do, to be back on the homestead. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be nice if they put if they put him in the Oberon film. Yeah, 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 it if would he, be. If actually. he comes back. Again, because there's like a 19-year period. If they made the yeah. Oberon film in two or three years' time... You could cast all the same people, and it's five or six years before the original trilogy. Yeah, certainly. But in it, fact, you could even go a bit earlier because they aged up Obi Wan for the episode three anyway. Well, yeah, exactly. Mm. Um, I th- yeah, I mean, it, it's a nice little scene where they go back, um, and it's it's a shame because well, I say a shame, but the kind of 
the the speech he gives about what happened when she was taken and stuff. I remember they they that was like it was like the second trailer, and it had that dialogue as almost like narration over scenes of of stuff on Tatooine and things. Right, and him looking for his mum. Yeah, and it felt really effective, almost like like a kind of a war story kind of narration. Yeah. Fine, funnily enough, I've seen all that, but I don't remember that trailer at all. Yeah, that, oh, sounds I, interesting. I just went and rewatched them all today. Yeah, oh. um, but uh, yeah, I mean, he's not bad when you look at the, um, the general level of acting in this film. Well, it's, it's the point. It's, it's it's very like the sort of um, dinner scene from the last film. It's just you know telling, getting across what he needs to know. Unfortunately, yeah. at this stage, be it direction, the actor, or the script, or a bit of all three, Hayden's just not got the range. He just looks no. fucking yeah. permanently a bit moody. Um, and he goes off to try to find her. The yeah. sand people got her, so he went. He goes to find her. And he finds her. And she's been clearly mistreated. I mean, considering the age this film is aimed at, this would be quite tough for young children. Yeah. Is it? think this is why it's a PG. This time around, because all the others have been a U, even like um, um, I don't know because it was actually it was actually um, I don't know if it was cut in the cinema, but I think it was originally cut maybe for home video release, um, for mainly they cut out the scene where Django Fett headbutts Obi Wan. Yes, yeah, that that's um, we can see examples of the right the way back to something like License to Kill. The British yeah. Board of Film Classification, as opposed to the MPAA, had a real problem for years with headbutts. It would and disproportionately it affect... It was like that in GoldenEye. Sorry to bring yeah, it in GoldenEye, the headbutt it was cut out. It disproportionately changed the ratings more than it should. I don't know why headbutts... I mean, headbutts are not a great thing to encourage kids to do mm. by any why? stretch of the imagination. But, well, the but amount it's... of damage they can cause. But uh, I understand the thinking. It's but, interesting... But why particularly headbutts over a lot of other types of? Yeah, violence? yeah, we see like beheading, arms coming off. Yeah, but you're, un- you're unlikely guess, to behead your schoolmate. I guess because of the level of damage you can potentially do. Yeah, I think headbutts are quite dangerous. Like breaking someone's nose and what? Um, and and yourself as well. Brain your damage head as well, yeah. especially when and, like and stuff that you can do in the playground. Yeah, you're on. Uh, yeah, yeah, you, you don't really want to encourage kids to headbutt. So. Yeah, I mean, it was interesting this kind of period of time because you had this. And you had Spider-Man come out at the same time. And there was massive debates over Spider-Man because of... The sexual imagery? Um, no, the, 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 the fight between him and William Dafoe. Okay. And, and just how much blood was in it. And how, oh, okay. and, and how much he could have the, the shit kicked out of him. Because I can't right. remember... I can't remember if Spider-Man was a 12 or if it was a PG. It was a 12. It was a 12. It was a 12. I think <laughs> it changed it to a 12A, didn't it? Yeah, it got really re-released later in the summer as a 12A because That's kids it. weren't yeah, able yeah. to see it. And it was kind yeah. of programming to the World Cup and stuff as well. So yeah. later in the World Cup period, they put it out again as a 12A. Yeah, but he, uh, yeah so he finds his mum. And, and again, she's she's never been a bad actress in, the, in these films. Definitely not. She's very good. And the way she kind of sees oh, that he's all grown up. And it kind of adds a, le- a bit of a level of pathos that, that the rest of the film can't match. And then she dies, and then he... Uh, and then he goes crazy eight bonkers with his drill and sex. <laughs> <laughs> then he just offs some sound people, Tuscan Raiders. 
And then you hear, uh, you see Yoda <laughs> noticing it happening. You hear Liam Neeson's voice. Mm. Anakin! Which is, um, an, which is taken from the Phantom yes, Menace. Is. Oh, it is. It is. Because um, you hear someone else. Yeah. Um, okay, I guess. But I, the problem is now, he goes back to Padme, you know, confesses to her, and she's like, you know, what a perfectly normal human response. <laughs> and it's like, you know, it's like, really? Come on. I'm trying to remember if I, I don't think that was originally in the film when it was first released. Okay. The the bit where she's the bit where she's all altered to, to to be angry to be human, all that kind of thing. I'm pretty sure when it was originally released, that scene ended um, with him with the big statement of the Imperial March as he kind of breaks down and then cuts straight to the uh, to the funeral. But again, track kind of trying to even even compared to the original trilogy, trying to track down how many different versions of these films there were because there was a different version for, for IMAX as well that had like twenty minutes cut out of it. Yeah, no, I mean I know they've messed around with different versions of this, but I mean the fact is in the version we're all watching today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, anything she said, anything this, you know, it's like at this point he keeps doing things you can't come back from. It, it, nothing after this can remotely be a tragedy. I know his mother's died, but disproportionately, he didn't kill everyone from that tent and everything in the four tents around it. He wiped out a fucking entire encampment of it, of every single age group. And we're supposed to go, yeah, but he was a difficult. It was he was under he was under a lot of stress. You know, the, the guy is an asshole in every possible way. He goes back to a responsible senator, uh, tells her what's happened, and she's like. Oh, bless. Well, she looks kind of troubled, but goes like, um, yeah, I don't really know what to do about that, sorry. Yeah, well, I haven't tasted your knob yet, so let's see how that goes first. <laughs> yeah, and, and then I'll have another time I could rant about how if I uh, was in charge of it. If I, if I but it's just like, I mean, he's tone deaf for humour, George Lucas, and, and he's tone deaf on this character. He just thinks because he's notionally the hero, that we will immediately understand all of this. And the, the character's lost me already. He's been shit in the entire film, which you know may or may not be his fault, but the end result is this character is dreadful and the performance behind it is dreadful. And he has now done something completely unforgivable and we're supposed to go, oh, poor kid. <laughs> well, yeah, we spent the whole, whole time moaning you know, after going like the whole... That whole thing when he's like on Love Island or whatever it is, you know, when when he's when he's like sort of like when she's she's trying to explain to him politics about diplomacy and she's like, yeah, but what if they don't don't agree? Well, they, they should be made, made to. They should be made to. And he's just like, how fucking juvenile are you? Like you have to be like this is like basic level kind of understanding of how the world works. But again, he's delivering it in a slightly petulant cadence because he's trying to ape the speech patterns of somebody else. But it is kind of as also the beginnings of fascism as well, which I kind of, that's what I kind of gleaned from that as well, even though he was supposedly joking. That there was a kind of bit of a kind of almost like a Hitler Youth kind of thing going on there. Yeah. But again, but. Okay, so they're now wildly in love. Then what? They uh, Camino comes to an end with the battle between 
with that fight sequence with the headbutt yeah. and all that. I don't think that's a bad sequence actually. No, it's it's quite quite atmospheric quite, in the rain. It's quite funny occasionally because everyone just gives himself the worst luck. Yeah, you 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 think going against the Jedi would be quite hard work, but he makes kind of easy work. Well, not easy work, but it, it, it they are quite it's quite a challenging fight. Yeah, when he when he when he kicks him off the thing and then he realizes that he's still tied to him, and he's <laughs> and his expression is quite funny. Um, and yeah, it's, it's it's not bad at all. Um, you just have to put up with his little son going. But my only real issue is how it cut because it, it, it kind of cuts straight from Anakin and Padme straight into this, and I just I would have liked a little bit of breathing room to kind of build up to it. Well, again, that's something that this, this film can't seem to do. No, is is clear is is give any kind of breathing room whatsoever. It just doesn't feel natural. It doesn't feel natural coming straight into like an action suit, like cut straight into actually something else. It just feels like, well, what, what the fuck? It, it, it is kind of cool to see uh, Django versus the Jedi, which you'll see again later on. Um, and then they, he gives chase to him, doesn't he? Uh, he, he throws a tracker onto it, mm. um, which I quite, I quite like that effect as the tracker sort of grabs it and that. Um, I always think it, I don't know if I think it's brave or stupid to so um, closely remind us of a scene from a better Star Wars film. Yeah. Uh, part of me thinks, well, that takes balls. <laughs> you know? um, and at least they used the sonic blast, which I think is something different. Yeah, that I remember, that sound effect cool. in the cinema was amazing. It's really cool, yeah. actually, in a surround sound <laughs> setup. Yeah. That does sound amazing, actually. I was like, whoa, really impressed by that. Again, it kind of rips off Empire. What, the hiding on the rock? Yeah, which is just like hiding on the star destroyer. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a it's a quite nice shot when it just kind of drifts into view. Yeah. And then then he ends up on Geonosis. Uh, Geonosis. Um, he tries to get hold of Anakin. They actually, yeah, Anakin basically goes to Geonosis to try to help him out. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, they go to the Jedi Council first, don't they? In the sort of, do they? Uh, he tells him about the army of the Republic and Cypher Diaz and everything yeah, else. Yeah, because he, he hasn't got enough power. And he has to, to boot uh, it through Anakin, yeah. and Anakin is on Tatooine rather than Naboo. So mm. that's how that's revealed. But they see that, um, yeah, it's exactly that. Is that before or after he uh, eavesdrop on, eavesdrops on um, Count Dooku and his mates? Before, I think. I think he's only... I think he's... Yeah, I think we introduced Count Dooku when he's already captured, aren't we? No, because because uh, he has that that conversation with he's he's got all the, he's leading him round the uh, um, <clears throat> round the the cavern or whatever, and he's got the banking clan and the uh, the techno army or tech guild or whatever, and the trade federation, and they all sit down because because I love this guy. There's a guy called Wat Tambor. Who's the guy that kind of looks like a frog in a cyborg suit, and he's the one that says, um, he, halfway through a sentence, he stops so he can adjust the dials on his <laughs> on, on on the front of his. Oh, yeah, it um, sounds a bit strange, doesn't it? He he, the whole thing enjoy. of tuning radio gives it kind of a slightly yeah. retro yeah. feel. Exactly, yeah, yeah. It yeah. feels very like flash, flash Gordon, which kind we've of thing. been seeing since that opening scene, <clears throat> so like nineteen forties. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, it's not all bad by any means. Some of the visuals inside are quite nice. Yeah. 
But as soon um, as as soon as they basically they all get captured, yeah, that's a it's a problem from there on. From the moment Pam and I, I from what I understand, this was a kind of a bit of a tacked on sequence as well, where the video game bit. Oh, I hate that bit. Where, it really and the whole was droid droid foundry. The platform game. Yeah, the stamping kind of things. and Yeah, it was very much video And again, game, that was the bit where I was finally the, done with the film. That's where the, I really the, thought... The obstacle course. Yeah. And, it's, and, yeah. and, uh, and C-3PO, which well, we haven't mentioned, but they meet C-3PO. Uh, yeah, 3PO is even almost as bad as Jar Jar was in the last film. It does really film. great. Yeah, I, I get there needs to be some comic relief, but he really does great. It's like, oh, I'm confused. And then later on, I'm later on in the desert, oh, I'm beside myself. This is such a drag. Oh, and, and uh, by the way, RTD2 flies. George's goofy humour. George Lucas would have gone <laughs> at that. Yeah. That's how it's not funny. Like, this, this morning, I happened to catch an episode um, of Yoda's New Adventures, I think, whatever it's called. Um, and obviously featuring Anthony Daniels. Much funny. Obviously, different, a different writing team. But it's just like, it's like from the sublime to the ridiculous. You know, this is what, if you've got a good, given a good writing, good comedy dialogue, this is what you're able, this is what you're, you can achieve. Yeah. It's just called this, George's humour is. It's is like the absolute nadir of it. It's like no. Yeah. You can't also, do obviously different team, different medium. You think yeah. sna- all, all the all the all the humour in the previous films was out of really good snappy dialogue? Yeah, yeah. not here. Back and not forth. Here. I'm not saying all the dialogue was amazing, but certainly the Han and Leia stuff was great by and large. And here it's it's silly sight gags and silly coincidences and dropping things and you know, almost like ironic statements about what's happening because he says it's such a drag while his head's being dragged along. Isn't that funny? Uh, you know, it's just poor. It's really, really poor. And uh, and oh, oh and RTD2 flies awesome. He's got a jetpack. <laughs> he, he didn't do any of that, that in the original trilogy, but he, he, he's doing it now. Well, it was like 30 years previous or whatever. I know, I know. Who knows? <laughs> they, uh, I, I think they did, they did cut a scene out in The Phantom Menace where he did use them briefly as well but either way it's it's weird but also i think i think basically they could have just nipped it really quickly and just they padme and anakin got in there got captured and then done it all very much quicker because it's it's nonsense work again you say how they're rushing through things and you're, you're right to some degree but i'm still left with the perception of nothing happening in this film despite you being absolutely right on all of that because it's filled with stuff like this. Mm. So you see the running time and you go, fuck me, this is a long film. What's it made up of? Bollocks like this that's got nothing to do with anything. Yeah, which goes on for what? Like, for At what least five like minutes. 20 minutes. Feels oh, like is, 20 minutes. Yeah, if five minutes would feel like 20 minutes. I don't know how and long then, it actually is. And then it gets to that point where that scene where, where like Chris said earlier, which is, which is a really, I think a really, really good conceptual scene. Where again, bad dialogue. Where they do the old "I love you," either I'm going to die, blah 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 blah. But then the music kind of swells and it comes out and it shows all the kind of the arena and that. And, I uh, was cringing the first time I saw this at this point, though. And I, I don't like you. You said that it's not that there's nothing good about it in the in the individual shot slots and uh, shots and some of the conception. Yeah. But I really was like, oh, this is horrible. And all those people who'd slagged off the first one and stuff, I'm thinking, this is just absolute, um, this is just evidence to back up anyone who ever knocked anything about these prequels to this point. 
yeah, it's all pretty bad. I mean, like before, the, don't we get the the scene with uh, get a proper introduction to Dooku, don't we? Yeah, uh, Dooku yeah. basically tells Anakin kind of scene. the truth. Sorry. Everyone. What do you reckon to the fight scene? I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, t- to be fair, Christopher Lee's pretty good in this. <laughs> he's amazing. I just think he just as an individual, like he's a war hero, actor, writer, director, producer, musician, singer, just a general legend and everything he's done. Like he's been Hammer, Bond, Star Wars. Has he done Star yeah. Trek? I don't know. Well, it wasn't um, really piss poor. Lord Bond of the Rings. Is there enough. anything he hasn't done? Shakespeare. Uh, he hasn't done you. My has wife. He? He, hasn't <laughs> yeah, done yeah. Done his wife. he hasn't done Charlie. I don't think. Hang on a minute. He's done. He must have done Charlie if he hasn't just hasn't done Charlie's wife. <laughs> <laughs> I've got. I've got a metal album he's done. Um, yeah. On vinyl. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he, just he was just so good, and he has, and, and he does add, add a level of gravitas to this film. And yeah, he does. It fucking this, needed something by this point because we've this, got like basically whiny teenagers all the way. Yeah, and then this this scene with where he kind of where where one is captured and he talks to him. Um, he he is I really like him in that scene, and uh, and there's the some things are kind of almost is, air, air of, I can't say it, like an air of prestige to the film mm, almost and, somebody uh, which is ironic because he did he did a lot of B movie dreck in his career as well. Oh yeah, yeah. Compared it to is, everybody yeah. else in this film, it's like having fucking royalty there. Yeah, no, it's like every, every kind of scene that he's in, you must think, oh, the, the other actor, obviously Samuel Jackson is a legend, but it's just like, how lucky were you to work alongside Christopher Lee? It's just like, oh. the thing, the thing with Samuel L. Jackson for me though is he is Samuel L. Jackson, and that is just massively distracting. I me. find it quite distracting. It took me out of the film a little bit. It's just, um, oh yeah, I've got someone. It's amazing, but also at the same time, it's yeah. Samuel Jackson is just like, oh, he's, he's, quite a busy, he's quite a busy actor. Yeah. The yeah. same principle as you, you go back to something like. Um, Apocalypse Now, and they cast Harvey Keitel in it, and they had to get rid of him after a week or two. Yeah, because he's too active. Whereas Martin Sheen is much better at being passive. Now mm. a Jedi needs to project an air of calm, almost passivity, and I sort of think he's wrong for it. Yeah, the action scenes fine, think, but perhaps think, not for this role. He's guess, a brilliant actor. Wherever he I guess. Well, that's the thing. I mean, pop fiction. I think. Because of that sequence, because of that particular scene that everyone goes on about where he, he does the whole quoting, the vengeance, blah, 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 blah. People look at that and they look at him being good at speechifying and making these big, powerful speeches, etc., etc. I mean, the the recent King Kong was basically him doing that all the way through the film to, no. a, to a giant ape. He, 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 just, he didn't have dialogue, <laughs> he just had... Speeches, yeah, yeah, monologues. Um, yeah, he's all right in this, and he gets he get, at least at exactly. least he, he is fine. But yeah, he gets to do his. He gets to show us all his purple shaft. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I can't. And, like... and when he puts it right up to um, Django's, no, not Django's throat. Who is it? It's one of the Moidians, isn't it? He puts it up to whoever's oh, throat. He no, puts it is it up to. It is Django. Yeah, that is actually kind of cool. That's mm. the scene he's. Those are the sorts of scenes he's made to do. Well, I've I've read somewhere and I can't remember where it is, but there was like a, a mythology about um, in in, ter- in terms of the Jedi Council, Yoda is meant to be like the the wise or, or the strongest with the Force, but in terms of actual combat, Mace Windu was meant to be the the, the the best Jedi there in terms of actual 
say uh, like lightsaber combat. So in terms of actually being like the badass Jedi, I kind of get why you'd go for. Uh, it's funny. Summer. Yeah, the one thing that didn't ring true is obviously you get a sort of slow reveal of him. So you get seen. You get a shot of his feet first, and yeah. some sort of swelling of the music. And I'm thinking, hang on a minute. In universe, you're introducing Mace Windu, not Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, exactly. The guy yeah. did nothing in the last film. Why should we be going? Fucking hell! It's Mace Windu. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he doesn't have very much. No, impact. actually, what you're playing on is fucking hell. It's Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. Yeah. It's really disappointing how he doesn't drop a few MF bombs. Well, he wouldn't, would he? No. So. But still. I'm tired. There's motherfucking droids and there's motherfucking... Exactly. Um, I think we were doing that in 1999. Um, yeah. When he was cast. Um, but uh, I, I like monsters. I mean, I like monsters anyway. But, I mean, this, this scene always kind of came across to me as a kind of Ray Harryhausen homage. Um, I, I tell you what it is, right? I, I think it's all very contrived to get them there. I don't like the action sequence that follows. I think they've completely played down all the. Um, there is a compliment coming at the end of this, but they are play, they, You know, they've totally devalued the lightsabers by having them open yeah, every yeah. two fucking minutes. Mm. I don't like the horrible fucking orangey sky that you've got in this, and everything that follows looks terrible. But when they are originally. Um, tethered to the posts and we start the cre- the creatures that are in the crowds, the creatures that are sent out to attack them as far as that goes I quite liked it Yeah I, I did as well, I mean I, I don't remember being that enthralled at the time but I think I was probably bored stiff by then um, so, so all kind of uh, goodwill just vanished but yeah I, I think with fresh eyes this is actually pretty pretty decent idea, I think it doesn't help, it just doesn't help with when you got like you know, you finally get Obi Wan and Anakin back together again, and all the bickering. You know, you know. It's, yeah. It's, 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 Having it's, said that, it was one of the best delivered lines in the film, where he totally. said, "We came here to save you," and he go, he just looks up and goes, "Good, Good job." job. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was quite funny. That was that was a great recovery after he went completely the other way. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, that was the kind of thing that reminded me of the original trilogy. That that kind that's that's that kind of line you'd imagine being said by like Han. Definitely, yeah. Good job, kid. You know, yeah. it, it would be delivered differently and it would be articulated Absolutely, differently, yeah. but it would yeah. have the same spirit, effectively. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but it goes on far too long. All the Jedi turn up, and in between we get you know Matt Natalie's midriff conveniently exposed. <laughs> <laughs> and, she and a, a top, by a tiger. A top cut, a top, a top stitched in such a way that those could look a bit like nipples. It's um, the hair done you know, a bit like layers as well. Terrible banter as well. Like I call it aggressive negotiations. That's a really yeah. bad line. That um, yeah, the the wound she gets from that space tiger um, is a, it's quite it looks quite serious. She it does. A, Massive scratches in her back from its claws, yeah. and you're just thinking that it's quite funny when she swings and it just kicks it. Yeah. Um, it and but I, I did uh, notice, yeah. I don't know if it's whether I just missed something, but she kind of like swings and she's like on the, the, the middle one. Did she swing to the middle post, or did she kind of swing around and I, I thought she like swung around and climbed back on top of the post she was on. 
I don't know because 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 she swung round and then and then as it was jumping and kicked it in the stomach. Yeah. I don't know how about after that. Um, uh, yeah, it was just one of the things to notice because when there was a wide shot, she was like on the middle post. I thought, okay. I'm gonna, I thought Anakin was on that one. So yeah, so I, I was I just thought I might have missed something unless there was like a like a, a continuity error. But anyway, I digress. Very possibly. I don't think George cares. <laughs> um, yeah, and then the, the, all the, the lightsaber stuff, and it's quite good when you when you see when um when when Mace Windu um. Samuel Jackson um, beheads Boba, beheads Django Fett, and uh, and gives this really weird kind of look at what I just did. Look, and then you've got his, and then you've got his son just watching from the wings, seems like, oh my god. The the thing I think thing I picked up on was what was the point in Django Fett even going down? Because like, like Mace Windu's taking on that um, that big uh, beast type thing, that kind of like, almost like a big elephant type rhino uh, creature. And, and and Django just thinks to himself, now's a good, good time to go down and try and take on Mace Windu when he's already had to, you know, I'll try and get involved with that, oh no, I've got, I've got hit by the, the by the rhino thing. It just feels a little bit, that doesn't feel like a wise decision. I don't know, maybe Dooku offered him extra. Yeah, maybe. I I just watched it and thought, why why are you bothering going down there? What's the point? (laughs) I just don't understand. But anyway. I think because I'm not particularly into the Boba Fett character, it's much harder to, like, get me interested in this stuff because I didn't really care about the character he's there to be an analogue of anyway. So it was always like, it was like, oh, so what? I'd lost interest in the film by now. I didn't like the look of it. I haven't enjoyed this leading guy. I'm not that interested in the story, and it's like, oh, can we get this finished so we can wait three years and get Vader? <laughs> you know? Yeah, and then there's the ridiculous bit where um, where they, they've killed a bunch of Jedi, and they're all in the circle, and it's all like, okay, you're all going to die there. And Natalie Portman goes, look! <laughs> and she looks up, and this entire space fleet's above her. Like, yeah. <laughs> like no one would have noticed. Yeah. All these massive and, spaceships uh, and around the perimeter. What's it around the survivors? A perimeter, perimeter creates. Create. It's <laughs> like you really are forcing this speech fucking pattern now. So then we get into battle, effectively, don't we? Yeah, yeah. Like another Yoda sort of flies in because they get they get surrounded by all the robots and they they ask the, to the surrender. The Jedi do all their fucking flips. We get all the stupid comedy with. Um, C-3PO, whose head's been put on the wrong fucking body and all that. And frankly, that goes on for ages, and we could talk about it for ages, but frankly, it's, crap. it's bollocks. Yeah. So. And it goes on, It just goes on way too long. The The salient point is they end up getting away. To, Dooku gets away. They end up chasing him. Uh, Natalie Portman kind of falls off the craft, but then is all right, so so what? And it ends up with Obi Wan and Anakin versus Dooku. I just feel, what's the point in this this bit? I mean, because like, you know, it just goes go show how they don't work as a team. Anakin is like too gun ho, and then gets knocked out straight away. So yeah, that'll teach him. Yeah, all, all it showcases is how good Dooku is. Really, <laughs> you know, it just goes, yeah, I'm 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 pretty good at being a Sith. 
I think it's well, the other thing is they've, they've got lim- I mean uh, although George can do whatever he wants and will overreach himself with effects even he knows there's only so much you can do with the money so there's only so many full blooded shots of Christopher Lee doing action shit that they can afford mm. with the digital face replacement and everything else so they drop it into darkness as soon as possible but he was 70 odd wasn't he so I actually, you know, I, really, really... I really like that uh, I think it's it's got its positives but it is it is out of necessity that they've done that oh absolutely but I think mood wise I think Maybe. it adds an interest I think it, it looks good and I think it goes on for too long but but again, Anakin's a twat. He's just been trained. He's been trained for how many years, and he just goes yeah. steaming straight in. But and that's just, it. Yeah, after being told, we need to work together to defeat him. We can we can defeat him, but we need to work together. And he goes like, "Nope, straight in," and gets himself. You know, it's just like you're an idiot, <laughs> absolute fucking idiot. It's really, really horrible as as a as any kind of character trait we're supposed to like. Yeah. But as as they both end up injured, one's missing an arm, the other one's been cut in the leg, Yoda arrives. <laughs> and this and, is and one again, of the strangest scenes. And again, they, they have a pointless force war, which is like, I'm just going to throw shit at you. Nope, you'll catch it. Okay, well, fine. Even the dialogue, he says, ah, we cannot win, win this through the, our knowledge of the force, but our skills with the lightsaber. You think, oh, God, Don't to say... This is literally somebody thought, right, give Christopher, Le- Christopher Le- give Christopher Lee a line to say. There it is. That was all that scene was there for. Um, I, I must admit, the one thing that was kind of cool about that was how Yoda reached for his lightsaber by using the, just the force. I kind of like that. Okay. But, yeah, that, that's just my I don't particularly dislike it. It's a strange sequence to me because I am, I am it took us all by surprise. <laughs> I was sat in the biggest screen of the cinema we were in. I, was, I remember being in the back row of this cinema. It was packed. It was opening night. And this happened. And the audience, like, gasped and sort of, I think, went to cheer. And then we realized we weren't American. Do you know what I mean? Everyone kind of went to whoop a bit and then thought, oh, every British won't do that. <laughs> but there was a definite, like, fucking hell in the crowd, right? And it was exciting. And the next day we could never believe how Yoda moves in this film. And it's just not stood up, and it's not the quality of the effect. It's even the idea. I don't know what we were seeing opening night because I, I, yeah, I, so. I, I can't, can't defend I can't this help at all, but no. think how else would Yoda fight? He would just jump around the place, wouldn't he? No, he'd fight like they were um, like before. He'd fight with with the Force. It's almost as if I've always, I've always seen as, as Yoda um, almost being above a lightsaber. I, I, I was going to say, I can't imagine him stooping to fight him with a lightsaber. Yeah. Somehow. Um, because I mean, it, in the original trilogy, think about his think about his dark side equivalent, the Emperor. Yeah. When they were going at Luke in the last, in the you know, in the episode six, he didn't whip out a lightsaber. He didn't need to. He could do force lightning and all that shit. Yeah, and the fact that you see Yoda deflect deflect Dooku's force lightning and just basically. Um, like capture it really Come on. yeah 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 and then it's like oh yeah lightsabers I don't have a problem with it to be honest with you it's, it's not helped of... by the fact we're nearly at the end of the film and I'm just like I've had enough of it now yeah well we are pretty much at the end of the film because 
I like uh, this, this is what I mean. I mean, I, like when, when I criticise while well, nothing happens, I do mean it not in a comparison to Empire or any of it. Well, it, I, it's more of a comparison to just film in general. Like you got you, you know your your last thirty minutes, which is kind of like you you're wrapping everything up and literally nothing nothing happens that matters. Like you know, like we could have had uh, this is a ten minute ten minute fifteen minute sequence and nothing nothing else has actually happened other than he get he gets away. Uh the only thing we see we see Yoda have a have a lightsaber battle. That's pretty much it. Uh so I think it's pretty kind of weak ending in, in, in some regards. Um so yeah, pretty much Dooku gets away and we start wrapping things up then, don't we? Straight away we we start see Palpatine getting the the clone get ready for war. Yeah, um, they've got a they've got a map of the. They've basically got the plans for the Death Star. Oh mm. uh, yes, they've got. Um, Has they've that, got... that fit in with the new with Rogue One and things like that now? I did. I did. I, I did think. Still that. Would. I don't think it, it, it doesn't. It, bother it me, doesn't. It, does, it doesn't need. There's there's no reference needed though. No. It, that, that is pure fan service. Like, what's the point for that? What? Yeah. Oh well, it is what it is. Uh, Anakin uh, and Padme marry back at Lake Coma. Uh, what else? I like her dress in the scene. It's very beautiful. Yeah. She does. I mean, she basically has a change of costume for every single scene. But I just, I love. Well, I, said, I love like the outfit and the costumes of the Star Wars universe. Anyway, but yeah, I love all the outfits that she wears. It's very cool. And there's a lot of like, um, obviously, I'll say Leia callback. That's the wrong word. Um, References to to Leia as well, which is very very clever, I think. Yeah, that's about it, isn't it, folks? Pretty much, they get married, and it's like yeah. I've written the end in very big letters. Yeah. At the end of my notes, like oh, she gets a robot arm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, robot arm. I mean, final so thoughts. Find out about the ultimate weapon. I mean, final thoughts from me. It was. It was a big disappointment at the time. There was still always that hope that episode three would like wildly turn it around, you know. So I, I, I hadn't, I didn't walk out hating the series or anything like that. It's just, you know, I, in some respects, I'd prefer to wait a bit more for these things, but it is tough to wait for three years and then it comes out like this. I was hoping to really get drawn into Anakin's story, and and I, I, I expected it to have this sort of almost buddy cop element to it. Um, and it, and it really didn't. And I, I didn't think the love story would be good, but I didn't think it was going to be that bad where we're actively laughing and or cringing at all of the dialogue. Um, it's a very poor film. It's not entirely worthless. There are some scenes in it that, that look better than I remember. But unfortunately, as I said last week with The Phantom Menace, The Phantom Menace wasn't as badly hurt by it as this film. They're using all this technology years before it's really ready. And so it still stands for me with its awkward dialogue and poor lead as the weakest of the Star Wars films. Yeah, I, I, I'm agree with that, Dave. I mean, um, I, I think you hit on a point I was actually going to make. This should have played like as a buddy Jedi film for the most part. Um, and it could have been really, really fun and, and, and engaging uh, with, a, with a sweet love story behind it. But, you know, it's, it, it's pretty pants for most of it. I think... I think the main disappointment from it, the main fail of this, is the is the fact that it could have been great. 
it had the opportunity and potential to be great. There was so much going for it, and it is just let down in pretty much every aspect, other than like some visuals, you know, from you know, and the con- and from the concept, it's just just let down by a really poor script and really poor direction. Um, and that that's the ultimate tragedy in, in this in this film that that should be in the in the plot, but it's not. I don't think this film could ever have had any chance of being great because it was already hampered by what he did last time. Um, I enjoy the film. I, it's terrible. It's terrible in a lot of ways. I like a lot of things about it. Um, I think it looks great, certainly, as I mentioned, and this kind of things I think are reasonably well done or pretty much on the on the technical side of things rather than anything else um, but um, but, but the, the, the fact is that again the fact trying to tell these massive stories and it's a fairly large story because while Anakin's fall is, is the main crux of it he's also shown the fall of the Republic and the rise of, of Palpatine and all that business as well and he's essentially trying to try and tell all these stories, but begin it with something that has very little relevance to how um, the the end it's going to come out at the end is just it's just killed it before it's even had a chance to start. Um, as it is, it's not a very good film. Yeah, absolutely. But um, yeah, I, I don't think. I think with what happened with the Phantom Menace and the fact that that was his decision to make that the beginning, um, it just just kind of it was. It should have started somewhere else. Really, it should have started where he was like already. Um... I mean, it, it's it's kind of weird how. I mean, I think uh, Dave mentioned before about like it's in terms of the Jedi lifestyle, like taking like these kids at such a young age into this life. And the idea that, you know, to be a Jedi, you have to be trained at, you know, at a very young age for, you know, to, otherwise you are vulnerable to turn to the dark side. Whereas, yeah, like, I, it, it I mean, like, I, can, I can understand because at the end of the day, it is supposed to be a religion and also kind of, so you've got that. And, and it's the same thing people, kids are, whether you want to, want to call it um, indoctrination or not, it does happen with children um, all over the world still um, as well as martial arts as well a lot of kids really do start at a really young age for martial arts so to get that yeah but they aren't denied back. sex and love for the rest of their lives no, are they? I, yeah, I, mean, I, I get that in terms of well it's best to start early but in terms of like oh it's essential like the the, the, thing, the thing is like it wasn't a problem in the original trilogy and it was only sort of brought up here so you think well, why give yourself that hurdle you know why? But, no, but he, he did say in the original trilogy that he was too old. That was given as, as a uh, as an initial um, pushback to not train Luke. Um, but I mean, yeah, I mean the, the the whole Jedi again. One of the things with the, with the entire prequel trilogy is the the Jedi as a concept is incredibly flawed. And is very different to what we were led to expect from what we had gleaned from the uh, original trilogy, be it the characters and kind of what we had been told. Um, and again, so from that with Anakin, I mean, what I mean for me, it always should have started with 
Anakin, maybe being a pilot, something like that, being Luke's kind of age, having an adventure like Luke, that kind of similar thing. And then, because they still, they, they, they parallel the same kind of lines. And then in this film, they kind of, kind of paralleled it the same way. But where Luke said no, Anakin says yes. Because it re- he really should have turned in this film. Again, because it's utterly rushed in the next film. Um, because there's It's no almost time. funny next week how badly it's done. It is, because it's just like, oh, change to the dark side, sorry. Um, it's, it's, it, is, it is literally a snap decision. Um, and it doesn't help. It doesn't help some line delivery by uh, Ian McDermott, does it? You know, um, he, he says a line that does that, that does that made like the cinemas in giggles, and it still makes me laugh now. Unintentionally funny, but I, I think next week is he's a great actor, and I do think Sam Palpatine slash Emperor is like the most creepiest character in the Star Wars universe. But I do get next week. He does descend into pantomime villain. But he also gives for my for my money the best acting of oh, his definitely. Star Wars career. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with that. He's definitely in the one of the most memorable aspects of the prequels. Yeah, yeah. as the is like, utterly terrifying. But I just kind of feel there are aspects of it where he's panto villain a little bit with like lightning hands and all the rest of it. But but no, undoubtedly superb performance and just one of the most terrifying characters in all of cinema. I, I just wondered how it would play if they didn't try and keep it like this bullshit mystery. Like, we as the audience not all like, are still guessing, like, oh, who's this Darth Sidious? It's like, well, we know who it is. <laughs> it's like, you're not even trying to, you know, if 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 if, 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 do, if we're Dooku la- like, lands and, meet, and meets with Darth Sidious, what if it's actually just, like, Palpatine? And we're kind of like, oh, you know, so we, we the tension's already there. We kind of, like, we know not to trust him. We know what's going on. We can see it. Make, yeah, kind of... make it like Columbo, not Murder, She Wrote. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Um, I can't really add to what you really said, to be honest. Um, yeah, please go back to the beginning of this podcast to find out what I think. You loved it, didn't okay. you? Well, okay, well, well, we'll use the end of the podcast to learn <laughs> then. We do that Wayne's World thing where we go. Party on, dude. Hush, Chris. I want to learn. <laughs> In a fun way. From Jedi, I feel bad. Jedi yet Master. Again, one one fact I, I have is not very fun. Um, yeah, so they don't of... have to be, provided we're wiser people. <laughs> <laughs> Also, some of these, Charlie, you may want to correct. I'm not 100% certain, but these are from various aspects. I love the mm. confidence you go to our list of these with. <laughs> well, no, just these are actually mainly from the Star Wars website this time. So I said this, uh, on, the, I, I said this you... on one of our previous contracts. If you're not sure, just say it with total fucking confidence. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then anyone who uh, contradicts you is a nerd. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, go on. You saw that like as a derogatory term. It is. It was supposed to be there. Geek is Whereas it's trying to be a geek. I'll just I'll just call them though. Yes, you're wrong. You need to recheck your facts and just carry on regardless if you if you know you like oh, I've clearly done my research. Damn you all! I want to learn. <laughs> Fun fact number one: one of the many ideas for the character who would become Dooku is actually a female Sith. Fact number two: not very fun. That's kind of um, cool. 
Yeah, I think that's quite cool. I'd be interesting to see would have seen her some somewhere along the line. It just occurred to me, why didn't they? Somewhere hmm. in there. Have we had a few Massive okay. before? Cast uh, Helen Millen. There you are. No, but they did it. They yeah, they did it in the animated series because they, they used like the concept art and stuff. Because they because they, oh. they did like a lot of concept art for Darth Maul and stuff as a female as well. Uh-huh. And it was really good. Cool. I think that possibly the reason they didn't do it because it was so scary because it really did look creepy. So they used it in like when he did like the Clone Wars series and stuff, which oh. actually shows Anakin and Obi Wan in a much kind of better light than this. Anyway, f- f- Fact number two. <laughs> um, the way Palpatine is, gra- is granted emergency powers is obviously very similar to how Hitler rose to power in 1930s Germany. Again, granted emergency powers and went on to do what he did, which is quite horrible. Anyway, fun fact number three. <laughs> it's more fun. <laughs> Controversial, that bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's not very fun, horrible. is it? It's just like, you know, it's like when somebody, fun fact when somebody dies. <laughs> it's not fun. I- I'm, g- I'm glad you editorialised in case people thought we thought that was great. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that was quite horrible. Like he was quite talented, wasn't he? Look at that. <laughs> what an achievement. I won't even say he was a talented artist, no, mediocre at best. Um fun fact number three. Experiences with Nazis, please write to us at talk at gmail.com. Oh dear. Alright, <clears throat> that's gonna open the floodgates. Um anyway. Yeah, as we mentioned earlier, uh, fun fact number three, this is one of the few Star Wars films where the camera pans up. Um, fun fact number four, Amadala is actually quite a crack shot, obviously foreshadowing how amazing Leia will be. Uh, fun fact number five, the yeah, we talked earlier about the um, Jedi archives that's based on the library at Trinity College in Dublin, and that's why it looks so beautiful. And that's my five Star Wars facts. That's four-fifths fun, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Again, all gleaned from StarWars.com. Don't name your source. You meant to know it's in Infinite Wisdom. Previously, elsewhere on the internet. You started off with Charlie, you might want to correct these. So you're saying Charlie knows better than StarWars.com. <laughs> <laughs> he does. <laughs> High praise. <laughs> well, absolutely. Yeah, I'm not sure I can live up to that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Char- he sees the George Lucas interviews where he goes, Well, when I directed this, and, you- and Charlie goes, No, he didn't. <laughs> that's that's, that's a gospel because Charlie knows better. No, 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 it wasn't. It was the guy who did confessions of a driving instructor. <laughs> oh, no. I was trying to think about the one like where the camera pans up. I was trying to think, Where else? I was, I was like, Ro- Rogue One? Or I couldn't remember if it was Rogue One. Or, um, but Rogue One would panning up from what? There's no crawl. Well, I know that's it exactly, but the camera could have gone down to see something else. We don't know. Or was it the, the other Star Wars? Um, oh, the other Star Wars have gone in an upwards direction in Star Wars films. <laughs> We're talking relative to the crawl. And the I know, but I just mean, you know, fun. even though there isn't a crawl, how did how was the crawl? It still goes up. How it's, would they look at the sky? You can go left, right, up, down, any direction. As soon as the <laughs> ship takes off, that's the last we ever see of it. I feel like even if this and after the crawl, that still goes up. I don't think oh, in Rogue, I don't think in Rogue One does it. I don't think the camera. I don't think the camera moves at the beginning, does it? No, that's, this is why I think oh, it might need no, a correction. There's a, there's a ship very slowly coming into shot, like a yeah, almost like oh, a. But it doesn't really move. But it's, 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 it's like Shadow of the Rings, make it like a Star Wars. When we come to do it, I'll keep an eye yeah, open, and then it'll be a fun fact. But no, what, that's what yeah. I meant in terms of correction. Charlie might go, oh no, in this film the camera did this. 
that I might not I might not have picked up on and you know that's what I meant anyway okay so that's you. clear folks anyway where can we be where can we be found on social media you can find me at the pasty kid nineteen seventy six on Twitter. You can find me at Simutronics uh, on Twitter, and you can also uh, look at this podcast um, as well as the Simutronics podcast, which we, me and Dave reviewed the summer films uh, on Simutronics.co.uk. And last summer's films as well. Yes, that was like the episode after that we did. Actually, no, no, we did another one, didn't we? Well, no, you interviewed me in the middle just to get a fresh voice yes. on the podcast. Because <laughs> <laughs> if people did that, yeah, if people didn't have like, enough of me and you chatting shit. <laughs> Basically, if Chris had presented This Is Your Life, I'd have had about 57 red books after the first few months. <laughs> 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 Every week. Surprise. Oh, great. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was thinking of. <laughs> Charlie, what about you, buddy? Um, you can find me at Movie Drone on Twitter if you wish. Sounds very enigmatic. Well, no, it isn't. He's just told you exactly where you can find <laughs> An enigmatic way. It's not that enigmatic. How would I decode that? <laughs> I highly recommend that you do follow everybody on Twitter because they're all oracles of knowledge and they have lots to say. That's quite a task. I, I highly recommend you follow every Twitter account. Everybody. But not Piers Morgan. No, don't follow him. Or Except Piers Morgan. And Donald or... Trump, he's, a, he's an ass. No, obviously don't follow everybody. Just follow us lot because we're the important ones. <laughs> that, that sounds very Anakin, that, doesn't it, Becca? No, you should follow us and only us. Don't follow only the president. Else. Follow the important ones. You've gone from everybody to four people. Yeah. Let's <laughs> yeah. everybody else and the most important ones. You can follow us on Twitter at Expect Us to Talk. And also, you can find and us on iTunes and YouTube. And if you do find us on iTunes, don't forget to give us a five star review as it helps us to rank higher in the charts and attract more lovely listeners. And some crap ones. Yeah, they don't have to be lovely, as long as they listen. I don't give a shit. Yeah. If you're scum, but you download just that <laughs> I mean, they, they could be Nazis. We, we have really no shame in that. <laughs> if you're in prison, you're paying your debt to society. Respect. I can't win. Oh dear. Although, if you're listening to this on your phone, fucking declare it. You're not supposed to have a phone in your cell. Get an iPod. Legally. In a, ca- in a cake with a filing fucking thing as well. <laughs> yeah, that thing they're not making anymore. Yeah, the iPods. What, cakes? Well, they are. They're still making the... the uh, uh, they make cakes uh, anymore, uh, what? They miss they're this? still making cakes and stuff that files. <laughs> Did they miss this memo? Yeah, they're still making yeah. files. Well done to Reeves. What the bloody hell? That's going to be awful for prisoners. They'll just have to be handed the sort of filing and sauce with no, no cakes to hide them in. <laughs> a padded envelope. <laughs> really big envelope. Do you know, I think next week will be tremendous because it's going to link to a classic series of films, which means Becca. 
do you expect us to talk or return with Star Wars Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith? <laughs>